And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at StanTheFan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. Yeah, good morning. Well, I'm not Stan the Fan or Craig Heist, believe it or not. I mean, I can try to be like them, but I don't know how that would go. I am Glenn Clark, and I am with you on this lovely Saturday morning on the Batter Run. Well, I'm, it's Brittany's with me, too, actually. So it's both of us here from 10 to noon to uh, talk some baseball with you, and happy to be in here on a Saturday morning. Happy to be hanging out. Uh, we got a lot to do on this edition of the Batter Round is, uh, later on this hour. We're going to be talking a lot of Andrew Kashner. This hour, the Orioles finally made a move. I feel bad for Stan and Craig. They've been sitting around doing the show all offseason, Brittany, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they've been doing it since the end of the season. They haven't had a thing to talk about. They haven't had anything. And now we finally do, right. and they're finally not ha- here. Exactly so, you right. know, right. it's our good luck. They're obviously Correct. bad luck. Correct. <laughs> yeah, they got to take more time off. No doubt about that. Uh, we'll be talking about Andrew Kashner and uh, what it means for the Orioles, what they should still do. Um, just the, all of those sort of things. We'll be discussing that this hour. Uh, my buddy uh, Eric Arditi, Barstool RDT from Barstool Sports. He uh, is the Orioles writer over there. He's going to join us in uh, about 15 minutes. And then later on this hour, we'll chat with Brad Lidge. He's the uh, former uh, closer for the Astros and the Phillies, who's now an analyst for MLB Network Radio. We'll chat with him about Andrew Kashner and the Birds. My original idea for the show today before we actually had news to talk about before the Orioles actually did something, which again, (laughs) mild upset. Um, My original idea was that today was going to be a college baseball preview show. I was like, well, there's nothing to talk about and games and spring training still don't start for a little while. So why don't we sort of dedicate the show to doing some college baseball previews? I thought that'd be fun. Um, Then I did sort of alter that a little bit once there was actual news to talk about, but we're still going to try to do some of that as uh, college baseball season actually gets underway this weekend. A lot of teams got underway last night. Some uh, won't get underway until next weekend, but we're going to chat with two uh, local coaches in the 11 a.m. hour today as we'll chat with uh, UMBC head coach Bob Mama. Uh, fresh off their run to the NCAA tournament a year ago as the Retrievers had their best season last year getting the America East title and into the NCAA tournament. And then we'll chat with Towson coach Matt Tyner coming up in the 11 a.m. hour as well. His first season as Towson baseball coach. And if you don't know Matt Tyner's story, it's very cool. He was actually drafted by the Orioles out of the University of Miami years ago and never made it to Baltimore. So for him, he sort of approached this as being like him finally getting the call up as he comes back to this area to take over as the uh, baseball coach at Towson this season. So we'll chat with Matt Tyner later on in the program as well. Hopefully we'll get everything taken care of. What's the story on the snow? Like, really? Like, is it is it actually happening or not? Um, I mean, apparently it's supposed to start happening at 2 o'clock. Really? Whether that's true or not, uh, we never know. It's always a guess and check. Yeah, important things happening. I'm uh, going to see Black Panther. Tonight. Yeah, that's real important. That, well, so very we shouldn't important. have snow. I mean, everybody's wild. It's got like a ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh like, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty freaking excited about it. I'm a nerd, Brittany. That's <laughs> something you need to know about me. Like, I care way more about Black Panther than I do about anything related to sports. Just for the record. Oh well, that's yeah. a big statement there. I well, any, I'm trying to think of anything. I mean, if the Orioles like signed Jake Arrieta this week 
If they had signed like three pitchers, I'd be pretty excited about that. Yeah. But there's nothing, nothing that I could say that I'm even remotely as excited. Dude, I haven't watched the Olympics at all. But the other night when I turned uh, on my TV, I guess somebody at my house had been watching the Olympics. And so there was uh, coverage of the skeleton, which, by the way, is insane. Oh, yeah. That's the luge where you go down head first. Right. right? With no protection. Nothing. Yeah. It's just you and a board. Yeah. Like, that's it. Um, and so, well, I mean, you wear helmets, obviously. I guess I may, we should make that clear. Right. But the reason why it jumped out at me is because the dude was straight up wearing an Iron Man helmet. That's awesome. And I was like, well, I'm watching now. <laughs> they got me. I'm watching now. They're really superheroes. Yes, correct. That's exactly right, Brittany. Good call. Um, I'm all in on the figure skater dude, too. Uh, uh, Adam Rippon? 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 Whatever. Rippon, yeah. I'll go with it. Whatever it is, I'm all in on that guy. That guy can be prom king forever. Oh, yeah. But outside of that, I don't care about the Olympics. It's just not You don't care about snowboarding? It just doesn't do anything for... By the way, it's so good that we invented snowboarding and got that to the Olympics a few years ago because it's the only thing that we're getting any gold medals in. That's true, because we have Sean White. Yeah, well, in the girl with uh, Chloe Kim, everybody wows out about. But, like, nobody else. Nobody else. There's, like, none of the skiers are doing well i guess michaela schiffrin got a gold yeah but that's the only other like outside of snowboarding we have one gold medal right. for the entire olympics we're doing a little so rough well. little rough ain't quite like the summer games ain't quite like that all right uh baseball yeah that was what we we're supposed to do here i remember now baseball 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 uh orioles indeed this week actually did something which was super nice of them as i really was starting to believe that this i honest to god had a moment and I, Stan and I did a Facebook Live video on Wednesday, and I said, Stan, if you're asking me to bet, I'm betting that the rotation to start the season is Gosman, Bundy, Tillman maybe. Like maybe. maybe they still bring back Chris Tillman. And then Miguel Castro and whoever, Gabriel and Noah or Mike Wright, whoever, you know, or Nestor Cortez, whoever you want to put in the fifth spot. Right. Like that was my gut for how the rotation was going to fill out. I just said, I just don't think they're doing anything. I don't think they're spending any money. I think that's the reality for this team. Um, and I don't know why that's the case necessarily, but it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the Andrew Kashner news, I genuinely believe they just weren't going to do anything. And so when they did something, it was almost like, wow. Yeah, it was a shock. Yeah, anything at all. Yeah. This is great. You, you spent know? money? What? Right, correct. There was a feeling of that. And unreasonable money, right? Like, I, as, as I've said in the last 48 hours, the Andrew Kashner signing in a vacuum, you would have to really be trying hard to be pessimistic about it. It's a two-year deal for $16 million. Mm-hmm. If he pitches well, which is a good problem to have, right? Like, you want the guy to pitch well. Right. If he pitches well, it's going to cost you some more money because he's got $5 million worth of incentives in all of the years of the deal, and then there's this vesting option for a third year. So if he pitches well, it's not going to be a two-year $16 million deal. It's going to be a, a little bit more than that. It could be as much as three years and $45 million. Is could be as much as they pay Andrew Kashner if he pitches well. Which is what you want. Right. <laughs> you want the guy that you went out and signed to pitch well. So it's a good problem if he costs you a little bit more money, right? Like, that's a good thing. Worst case scenario, he doesn't pitch all that well, and it was a two-year, $16 million deal. A lot of people say there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal in baseball, and I tend to agree with that, right? Like, there's, how can that be a bad one-year deal? It's one year, you know? like. Mm-hmm. It, it's over. If it doesn't go well, it's over very quickly. You move on from it. It's right. almost Cut as if ties, it, exactly it's right. Um, it doesn't. It's not like one of those things that lingers. Like we're starting to look at the Chris Davis deal and feel really 
nervous that that's going to go down as a really bad deal. Mm-hmm. This is not a one-year deal is not the case. And a two-year deal for $16 million, almost no matter how bad it goes, it's not going to be Ubaldo Jimenez. It's not going to be the type of thing that remains a bugaboo for years to come. You, you're going to be able to get out from under it. And based on what it typically costs to get pitching in baseball, $8 million a year typically is what you get what you give to somebody who's terrible. I mean, that's just the reality of the cost of pitching in baseball anymore, that you get somebody that alone, if if Andrew Kashner does nothing but eat innings, right? If he eats innings and he's got a 4-5 ERA, that typically costs you more like $10 million or $12 million in baseball. So even that, even just eating innings alone and protecting other young pitchers from being rushed, a lot of people have been talking about, I, we had Rich Dubroff, Press Box Orioles beat reporter on my show earlier this week, and he said, look, you know, looking at how things are right now, I I would not bet against Hunter Harvey being up here this season to pitch. And that's a quick ascent, not time-wise because he's been in the system for a few years, but as far as when he got back from the Tommy John surgery, that would be a quick ascent to the major league level, having just moved up to, you know, high A ball last year. Like, it would be a really quick ascent to get him here. Don't think that's the best ideally that's not what you're looking to do now if he's that good and he forces his way here that's one thing right like right. You, you certainly wouldn't try to block a guy from getting to the big league level but you don't want to force the issue just because you have no other pitchers so if Andrew Kashner does nothing other than eat innings protect your development from other guys and give you average pitching that's that's worth two years and 16 million dollars yeah I agree with that the problem is, it, it's always the scope by which you look at these things, right? Like, the Andrew Kashner deal itself, you can look at in a vacuum and say, okay, I'm good. I'm totally good with this. How could you not be? How could you not be good with the Andrew Kashner deal in a vacuum? It makes sense. The Orioles needed another. It's, it, he's definitely better than Gabriel and Noah, right? Like, even if he can't match the 3.40 ERA that he had in Texas a season ago. And a lot of the analytics people don't think that he can. A lot of the analytics people believe He's not really a three four zero pitcher, right? Right. Okay, fine. I'm, uh, you know, I don't. I'm willing to believe that. And he, he obviously struggled a great deal the year before that. But three point four zero in Texas, which is a hitter's park, where the ball starts flying a little bit quicker than it does in the rest of the country because it gets hotter in in Dallas than it does in New York in in April and May. We always talk about you know once it gets hotter, the ball starts flying out of the ballpark a little bit more. Well, it starts flying out of the ballpark in Texas. Basically on opening day, yeah, right? All the like, time, correct? All yeah, season. there's there's no warm up period, right? There, right? Like, it, it's I'm I'm pretty sure it's actually 80 degrees in Texas today. That um, sounds nice, and it's about to snow here. Yeah, well, we got actually it was nice this week though. It That's was nice true. this week. We had a nice week. It was here. a tease. It was. <laughs> it really, really was. Um, but even if he can't replicate that, even if he's not a three four zero pitcher, even if he's just in the neighborhood of a three nine four zero pitcher, given what your alternatives are in Baltimore. Hell yeah. It's 3-9 or 4-0 pitcher versus Gabriel Anoa versus Mike Wright versus a Rule 5 draft pick. Right, versus anybody that you already have. Exactly right. Sign me up for that 10 times out of 10. So all good on that front. The, the scope by which you look at it in a bigger picture, and this is the one that I'm struggling with, is if this is it, if all you're doing is Andrew Kashner, 
And even if you're doing Andrew Kashner and say Chris Tillman, right? The word from the Baltimore Sun is that Chris Tillman's going to decide in the next couple of days. It could still end up being he has. It's definitely. It's not that it's definitely going to be the Orioles. The Twins are still an option for him. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially down to Orioles v Twins. I mean, do you think he's going to stay? I really don't know. I really because I, I mean I think it might also come down to what they're offering, right? Like I'm sure these are both low dollar figure deals, high incentives, right. right? Like I'm sure that's what both teams are offering him. If they're even, you would assume that it would make sense for Chris Tillman to say, okay, you know, I've I've had success in Baltimore. This is where I've been based the last few years. I, I'm going to stick it out here, right? Like you would assume that, but certainly Chris Tillman could look at. You know, Jake Arietta and say, maybe I just need to get out. Maybe I just need to get away. Maybe pitching in Baltimore, pitching against the American League East as often as you do. Yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed what they did in the lineup in New York. <laughs> like, oh, right. You know, the notion that I'm going to have to face Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in the same lineup, you know, six, seven times this year. Pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, he might look at that and say, eh, you know what, I'd rather face the Royals more often. I'd rather face the team that's presumably losing Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakis is after already losing, you know, Lorenzo Cain this offseason. Right. Like, I'd presumably rather face them more often and rather face, you know, I, uh, Cleveland obviously has a very good lineup. Chicago's lineup, they're, they're going to get there at some point, probably not quite yet. Um, it might be that Chris Tillman just looks at it and says, Minnesota right now, if I'm trying to reestablish myself, if I'm trying to revitalize my career – have sort of a one-year show-me type of season, I might have more success in Minnesota than I would have in Baltimore. It might ultimately be a better place. Now, that's a little bit depressing to think that Chris Tillman's turning you down, that like you can't even get <laughs> Chris Tillman coming off a miserable season to uh, commit to a deal in Baltimore, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, like, this is sort of where you're at. And I, if, if it's the similar money situation, and I'm Chris Tillman... I don't know, man. Like uh, the opportunity to to produce a big season that can get me a good contract next year, I might just look at it and say I think I'm more likely to be able to do that in Minnesota than I am to be able to do that in Baltimore. So, uh, I don't know. But I think the bigger picture is if it's just Andrew Kashner, or even if it's Andrew Kashner and Chris Tillman, even if that's what it is. Were you really better off doing this than if you had simply rebuilt this offseason? Than if you had started stripping down away the parts, started stripping away, you know, Manny Machado, Jonathan Scope, getting what you could get, and beginning the rebuilding process? Is it really a better situation to go into a season? Are you really going to be able to compete for anything with Andrew Kashner or Andrew Kashner and Chris Tillman? Is that really going to be a way that you're going to be able to compete this season, particularly when you look around the American League East, particularly when we're talking about the Yankees as some sort of super team, right? Like, we're talking about them as being, and they still, I still have some pitching questions about them, but overall, they're loaded. I mean, it's insane how much they have. So, are you really presenting yourself an opportunity to compete this year, or are you just... De- either delaying the inevitable when it comes to a rebuild or or wrecking the possibility of an inevitable, right? Like, you can say whatever you want about, well, they haven't been able to get what they want. They want to trade Manny Machado. They can't get what they want for him. Well, th- by the way, if you don't do it now with Jonathan Scope, you might be in a similar situation a year from now, which is the best time to trade these guys is when they're coming off monster seasons 
and they still have a couple of years of team control left. Unless you know Jonathan Scope is intent on re-signing, wouldn't you have been better off trading Jonathan Scope this offseason? I get it. Nobody likes the sounds of stripping away all the parts and going through that. But if the alternative is, well, we went out and got Andrew Kashner, good luck. I don't know. I don't know that I feel good. That's not going to be enough for th- to say, hey, this was a, a, a good offseason or you truly gave your team an opportunity to compete and it was truly worth putting off a rebuilding. Are you just going to end up doing the bit where you say, well, we never were able to get what we wanted from Manny Machado, so we never traded him. And then when he walks away next offseason, you got nothing to show for it. And then the offseason after that, when Jonathan Scope walks away, because, again, same deal, right? Like, well, we never got blown away in a Jonathan Scope offer. Well, that's because you were offering him at the wrong time. Right. I mean, if the Orioles wanted to compete, I feel like they should have used this season to either make some power moves right. or just rebuild. Exactly. Start over. And then I think that's where we've been for I, I, that was what I said a year ago. You know, like you have to start identifying a window. When is your window? Is it now? If it's now, you got to spend money to go compete. If you don't think it's now, then you got to be willing to do the, the difficult things and strip away the parts in order to go the route that the Astros and the Cubs did. The problem is the Astros and the Cubs, they had plans. They had general managers that were going to be around longer than a year. That's the issue in Baltimore is we have no idea who's going to be here in 2019. So it's all the things they're dealing with. All right. uh, This is the Bat Around. Glenn Clark in for Stan the Fan and Craig Heiss. Joining us now, my buddy. He uh, writes about the Orioles over at BarstoolSports.com. You know him as Barstool RDT. He is my pal, Eric Arditi, and he joins us now here on the Bat-Around. What's going on, brother? How are you, Glenn? I'm good, man. Um, we actually have something to talk about this week, which is nice. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's, been, it's been an awfully long period of time where we've had nothing to discuss when it comes to the Orioles, so it's nice to have something to talk about. Let me go part by yeah. part uh, on this with you, all right, and see how you react mm-hmm. to all the things that I've been talking about. First of all, in a vacuum, right, if all you're looking at is two years, $16 million for Andrew Kashner, I don't think there's any world where you can try to suggest that's a bad signing or even not a good signing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, like you said, it's so cheap. It's, it's not like they're, they're depending on this guy. You know, he's not going to be the guy that gets them over the top. So, it, you know, if it, say he goes out and struggles and he puts up a 5-5 ERA, okay, you eat the money, you know, or, you know, you trot him back out there next year. It's not, he's not there. there it's, it's not like a Baldo going out there where you spent all that money. Like, if he, if he sucks, he sucks. If he does well, then okay, then you, have, then you got him for a bargain. But it's not, this isn't a deal that's going to handicap them. Like, you know, I heard you talk about the Chris Davis deal. It's nothing close to that. It's nothing close to a Baldo's deal. It's, I, I think it's a win-win. It's a low-risk, high reward. Right. I don't know what I expect out of Andrew Kashner. I do think it's fair. The analytics people will tell you they don't really think that he's a 3-4-0 pitcher as he was in Texas last season. And I'm, I don't know that I would argue with that because I certainly don't know more than they do. But I don't think he has to be a 3-4-0 pitcher for this. T- Again, if you get a 3-4-0 pitcher for $8 million a year, it's the steal of the century. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, Even if he's just you know a little below four or in the neighborhood of four, I think for $8 million a year, that's still it's, that's, that's quality money. That's money well spent. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Like you said, if he hovers around that four, a little over, I'm okay with that. And you know, like you said, it's, it's a cheap deal. Um, I'm 100% fine with it. I, I was actually surprised with how cheap it was. I mean, you know, I, I know, you know it's, getting, it's obviously close to. They, they signed him, what, the day after Pitchers and Catchers report. Right. So it's a little later. But, um, I mean, I was just surprised at how cheap that deal was. And, and 
he, like you said, I mean, I know you look at the stats. Stats don't tell at all. But he was. He, I thought he looked on on paper. He looked pretty good. I and you know, I'll admit, I didn't. I haven't seen many of his starts. I know he started, I think, once against the Orioles last year. So I'm not, you know, too familiar with him. But he, you know, from what I saw, except for his strikeout rate being, you know, I think he was striking out less than five for nine. It seemed like he was going almost six every uh, every uh, outing. Um, yeah, an ERA of what under three point five in Texas. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean the Texas team they were they were okay. They weren't you know they were decent, but I mean that, that place is, is just like Camden Yards in the summer. Yeah, it's a launching you know, like pad, no doubt, it, it, no doubt. You know, balls fly out. I'm I'm with you. You know, what I mean, if you can produce the three four zero ERA, and t- again, I, I, I some of it could be luck, but that is a difficult place to pitch. Absolutely, um, yeah. And so I'm. I, again, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, but I'm and I'm living in a world where if you pitch really well, we all know there's going to be more than eight million bucks a year. The, the the incentives will allow for that, and that's fine. If you're pitching well, I'm totally fine with it costing you more money than that. The deal itself, it seems almost tremendous, right? Like it's it's a very low risk thing. If he stinks, it's just two years and sixteen million bucks. In baseball, that's not much money. I get it for the Orioles. Unfortunately, that is a lot of money. That's just the way that it works. Um, but if he pitches well, it's a little bit more money than that. Okay, but he's pitching well, right? Like, win-win. You know? <laughs> like, that's what you're looking for. So all of those things, all good. Then there's the other side of it, right? And the other side of it that I'm struggling with, Eric, is the, okay, but is this really the entirety of your offseason? Like, is this really what you're going to do, because I still don't think any of us truly believe that Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn is going to be a piece that ends up falling to the Orioles. I think we all know, you know, Chris Tillman could still be in the equation. We'll see how that plays out. But if this was your offseason, was getting Andrew Kashner, and even if they still go in and add a bat, you know, a, a, a Gerard Dyson, something like that, are you really giving this team the opportunity to compete, and was it really worth not going through a rebuild this offseason to add Andrew Kashner. That's the flip side that I'm struggling with. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, me, you, and a lot of other Oriole fans are not going to be pumped if, if, you know, you read the Sports Illustrated, um, you know, preview or whatever, and it, under key additions for Orioles, it's just Andrew Kashner. Right. Like, that, it, just, it can't happen. And like you said, if, if that was their big move, then, I mean, it's, you know, it's probably too late, but we should have just kind of just, like you said earlier, stripped it, stripped it all down. And started from you know scratch with you know trade Machado and sure and trade scope this this offseason because yeah like you said Cashner is not going to be that guy who puts them over the top not going to put them anywhere close over the top they still you know have two holes to fix in the uh, in the rotation you know they could still probably use another left handed bat in another corner outfield so yeah I and mean, they and we're getting down to crunch time like we're you know we're seeing grainy cell phone pictures of players in in Florida so it's, right. it's coming up like right. it's, it'll be here I feel like I'm going to blink and it's and you know the, it's going to be the All Star break. It's, yeah, they they need to do something else, and I I think they know that, and you know I I hope that they know that, but it's just it's they're kind of playing the waiting game like everyone else is. I'm not sure why you know Chris Tillman. Chris Tillman's probably had a pen in his hand, wait and waiting outside the uh, you know the facility for weeks, saying, "All right, Dan, you know I'm here. Just just let me know where to sign." It is super weird that he was working growing. out. It's so weird that he was literally working out at the facility all off season, yeah, and he's, he's still and he's, right and he's fishing, and yeah, right. and it's. I thought that that deal would have been done, you know, the day after, you know, the day he could have signed a, a contract. I figured he would have been in there, you know. Hey, I'm ready to go. Let's see, let's get a one year deal, you know, one year prove it deal done, and and you know, let's do this thing. Do you think there's a, 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 by the way, Eric Arditi, Barstool RDT from BarstoolSports.com, is with us here on the Bat Around. Do you think that in his heart of hearts, he's got? And I, we were just talking about this. I, if I'm, I, I, we've been talking about it all week with um, 
the Ravens in the wide receiver position, right? Like nobody ever wants to sign a one-year show-me deal um, as a receiver in Baltimore because what has anyone ever shown in one year as a receiver in Baltimore, right? Like mm-hmm. this is not the way it goes. I, I, is there is there any world in which he's looking at this and saying, okay, I could sign this one-year deal in Baltimore, and look, obviously I like it here. I've been around for a few years, but – if I'm trying to get a real contract next season, if I'm trying to reestablish myself, aren't I maybe better off going to Minnesota and where I don't have to face the Yankees six times a year, where I can get away from Camden Yards, where I can you know, pitch in a, a ballpark that's a bit more pitcher-friendly and sort of establishing my value that way? Like, I, I really am at this point, like, I, as much as I've been in the same boat, Eric, where I've just assumed that Chris Tillman was going to be an Oriole, all of a sudden, the last 24 hours, when I keep hearing about the Twins and when that's what the, 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 the word is he's deciding between those two teams, every practical part of me says, if I'm Chris Tillman and I'm, this is all about getting a contract next offseason, I don't know how I can argue it's a better situation to be in Baltimore than it would be to be in Minnesota. Yeah, that's a good point. I was just, I was just reading about that too, um, about him, you know, making his decision. Which you know, he's like LeBron. Is he going to put out like yeah, a letter? I, I don't think he's going to have Jim Gray come do it. Like, no, no, he's not donating any money to the YMCA. Yeah, right. Maybe, maybe next year he can do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, you make good points. You know, why would I? You know, why would you want to face the Red Sox? You know, nineteen times the Yankees, nineteen times, and and you know, just just have your ERA absolutely, you know, just ruined. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that he he's thought about that whole. You know, no one else has really done anything here. I mean, he, you know, he saw Wei and Chen, you know, get that get that pretty good contract, but he's a lefty, so of course they're going to get those those bigger deals. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure that that thoughts crossed his mind. You know, hey, I'll, I'll let me go beat up on the White Sox or you know someone like the, that. There's the, nobody yeah, left the in Royals, the Royals, Royals lineup. Getting, yeah, yeah, the Royals who are getting just stripped down. Yeah. Um, you know, huge ballpark down there. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that thoughts crossed his mind. But then again, I'm sure he. he I, I'm sure he feels just insanely comfortable with the Orioles, with the people in the organization, with the facility. You know, the trainer. Well, you know, new, new head trainer. But the, the the same core guys are there. Um, so I'm sure that you know that's a big part for him probably. And I mean, like I said, I'd hope that that he can, you know, that he decides to come back here. But again, him going to Minnesota. I mean, I think. For his career path, that's probably a better move, just because, like you said, I mean, who's trending upwards? You know, Twins had what the worst? Did they have the worst record in baseball two years ago? And then yeah, they're right. in the, right. the play. You know, they were up what five nothing in the in the first inning of that uh, the the wild card game last year. Yep, that's right. All these yeah, things are so true. It's, I mean, Twins are obviously. You know, I don't know what they're offering. I don't know what the money situation is, but I would think that they're a more uh, a better, just a better option for him in general. Um, Eric, I, what I can't figure out is how I would feel about this team. Let's just say that they do end up getting Tillman back, right? And let's say within reason, things go well for this team, right? Like, I'm not talking about both Bundy and Gosman end up being, you know, sub-three pitchers or something like that. I'm saying within reason, things go well for the guys they have. What is this team at that point? I'm really struggling with that, right? Like, are they a team that can compete for a wild card spot and and will be interesting or are they really just a 500 team like I, I I'm, I'm struggling because there seem like there's a lot of ifs there's a lot of if chris davis can bounce back if mark trumbo hits more home runs if you know if chance cisco becomes the catcher and can produce you know like if tim beckham can look more like oh, there seems like there's still a boatload of ifs there so even within reason things go well for this team this season what are they? 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's tough. Like you said, it's, you know, do are they that 500 team or, you know, below 500 team that we saw last year? And, and I mean, you, you nailed it. The, the ifs scare me because it's, if Chris Davis can stay healthy and won't strike out, you know, 210 times. If, right. If Mark Trumbo, you know, like I said, remembers to get the bat off his shoulder. And, if, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, I don't... I, I, I don't want to say that, no, you know, they're not going to be this wild card team because we saw it, you know, 2012, we saw it in 2016. It was, I mean, they, they had better well-rounded teams in, in 2016, but I mean, 2012, it was, I, it, that was such a weird year. Right. It was like everything clicked. Lou Ford was playing well, you know, it was. Nate McLeod like that. was Michael a world Gonzalez. beater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's insanely tough to, to replicate that, but it's also insanely tough to do that when, like you said, we're, we're less than a month away, almost a month away from the first game and they don't have the rotation set up. So I'm, I'm leaning closer towards a 500 team hovering around that, you know, for the, for the season, maybe a little under, maybe a little over, but uh, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if, if maybe they did make a wild card run. It's obviously going to have to be that second spot because. I think the uh, AL East is getting two teams in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we we know what the offense can do. You know, they'll they'll hit home runs. They're they're going to go on their their long. They're going to go on a streak where they score a million runs, and they're going to they're going to go on a streak where they score you know one run in like six straight games or something like that. And yep. and and that's the thing that sucks with that. Just hot and cold offense. You have everyone trying to hit home runs. No one's trying to you know move a guy over. And we've seen that. We've read that book for the last what. Six years, seven oh, that's, years. That's the reality. That's that's who they are, and it's why I'm not. Look, I'm not opposed. If the next move was Dyson, I'd be fine with it. Not because I think he's a, he's great, because he just does something that the guys that you have don't really do for whatever amount of at bats that he gets this season. Yeah, and 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 they, I feel like they kind of tried that with David Lowe a few years ago, and that's just you know, that just never yeah. really panned out. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, who you know, who knows? They, they they've been looking for a guy to lead off. You know, a guy like Dyson for since who Brian Roberts. You know, left. Sure, and it's they 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 just haven't found it. And yeah, he's that he would be that guy who does the things that no one else. He has a different skill set than anyone else on the team. He he wants to steal bases. He's not going to hit home runs. You know, he's he's a singles guy. So you know, he, maybe he can bunt his way on. He but, actually looks um, at a couple pitches every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. He doesn't. He's not first pitch hacking up there. But right. yeah, I mean, he would. It would be interesting to see how many at bats they could get him in that outfield. You know, I don't know. If, I guess they're willing to sacrifice Hayes. Maybe keep him down for a first first few weeks or something like that because you know they got to keep Santander yeah I'm more and more convinced that's how it's going to go is that Hayes goes down so that Santander can stay right yeah and then and then what what is it 44 days or something like that after after that then you flip he'll he'll be in the minors and I get that like everybody's going to scream and say you know Hayes is the guy that should be starting in in right field and you know right now what's the argument against that right like when you look Mm -hmm. at the roster you say yeah if these guys he should probably be starting in right field. I guess the other guy that you could have go like does Joey Rickard still has options, right? Like you could. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that he. I, from what I read or heard, I think he's like projected to start out in Norfolk. I yeah. don't think there's any talk of okay. of him, you know, being with the major league club. I mean, that guy turned two hot months into a two year contract. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. You know, get I your money, Joey. Right. I'm not mad at him. I ain't him, mad at him. Just, I hear you. Know, I mean, he was frustrating to watch at times. Um, all right. Anything else going on in your world, dude? What's up? <sighs> Not a whole lot. I'm playing some Call of Duty, you know, put ah, it on pause. Ah, but, um, I appreciate you know, it. I, I appreciate you squeezing yeah. in some time during your Call of Duty. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You so, know, so I'm hey, going to smoke some ribs today, so we're going to call tough, it a day. going to have a nice little Saturday. Tough life for you. Tough freaking <laughs> life for you. Yeah. All right, when you, when you smoke ribs, uh, uh, brown sugar, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the play? 
so I've never actually smoked ribs before. The, the, the <laughs> barbecue restaurant I've worked at for ah, nine years, ah, I, I helped out a little there. <laughs> but I, I just got my smoker for the okay. wedding. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did a, I've done pork butts before. I've done, I've done a few pork butts. Um, and yeah, I'm a big brown sugar guy. Okay. Mustard. Yep. Um, you know, a can of Coke, maybe a can of Natty Bow. I like in there it. Too. I like it. Onions, peppers, the the whole, you know, everything. I, I'm, like I'm a big rub that. guy. I think I, I like rubs better than I like sauce. Okay, that's so. interesting. I okay, I do a whole pig every year, right? Like mm-hmm. it's my one big day of the year. Is I've done it for like the last seven years. I go get a pig, and then I just it's my big thing for the year. And I will I will absolutely use all the rubs, but I still have to bathe the thing. I have to, well, first I have to baste it like a hundred times. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you gotta yeah. go that way. But I still, at the end of the day, it's just like the, it's the feeling of a delicious tangy sauce on top. I can't get past that. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I need it in my life. I have to have it. That's the way uh, it, it goes. And I, I'm a sauce guy too, but I'm just, I feel like a good rub is better than like a good sauce. I wish we would have had more time to discuss this topic because I feel like we could have done it for an hour. I feel like this could be an hour conversation about, like, I, I, I hear you. I, mm, I've had good ribs that didn't need, like, that, that it was perfect the way that they were, but mm-hmm. I still just want the feel. Like, I want there to be sauce all over. I want to look like a five-year-old when I'm finished eating a rack of ribs. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, want it in that. your hair and you, you exactly. want it in your Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. All right, I love you, pal. At Barstool RDT, give him a follow on Twitter and uh, make sure you're checking out his stuff at BarstoolSports.com. Let's do it again soon, all right, bud? Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your Saturday. Absolutely. Barstool RDT, Eric Arditi from BarstoolSports.com checking with us. Brittany, a a sauce v. rub. Uh, This is important. This is an important conversation we're having here. All right, drum roll. Yeah. I love the sauce. Thank you. Love looking like a five-year-old. You have to have it. Like I get it. I'm not that you can have ribs that are delicious and do not need it. Like the rub was perfect. Like they, they almost it's almost like eating burn ends, right? Like right. you know what I mean? Like you just look at it and you're like, oh my god, that's the most perfect piece of meat I've ever seen. But it's just the experience. When you have ribs, you want to have just sauce everywhere you want to come away from it it's why you don't go out somewhere nice and get ribs it's right. why you or get wear nice clothes exactly yeah. right because you want that you want it it's like having crabs and trying to be clean at the end of right it. like what is the pur- purpose of any of this you know what i mean like i want to be a mess i want to look like a disaster afterwards it's right. all part of the experience of having this i am um, wild card my mother-in-law likes to make ribs for my wife for her birthday. Apparently they've been doing it since uh, like my wife was a, a child. And she, and I've never actually had her, because it, it freaks me out, legit Real Talk uses baby food in her recipe. Not kidding, and it is delicious. I feel uncomfortable. It is so good. <laughs> it is so good. I can't even begin to describe it. It is amazing. I've never tried to replicate it, because I don't, I don't want to live in that world. You know what I mean? I just don't want to, like when I'm there, the one time a year, and we do that, that's fine. I'm not doing it more often. I'm not doing it often, but I'm a, I'm a sauce man. I'm a so sauce man. I think what you're saying is Press Box needs to have like a rib cook-off. Let's get on it. All right. Thank you, Brittany. You're welcome. Thank you. You're, that's why you're the idea person around yeah. here. All right. Uh, we're going to grab a break. When we come back in, Brad Lidge, former closer for the Astros and Phillies, now with MLB Network Radio. He's going to join us, and we're going to talk more about Andrew Kashner and the Orioles. We'll do that next. She's Brittany. I'm Glenn. This is The Bat Around. We're in for Stan and Craig on a Saturday morning in partnership with Press Box and Monumental Sports. 
Coming to the Owings Mills Metro Center soon, Hammer and Nails Grooming Shop for Guys, where they offer hand and foot grooming, barbering, and straight razor shaves, all in a relaxed man cave nirvana. You get your own TV and remote, top-of-the-line noise-canceling headphones, and a complimentary beverage, all while you kick back in a seat that has been custom-crafted with your comfort being the number one priority. Trust me when I say this is a one-of-a-kind experience that will have you feeling like a modern-day king. That's Hammer and Nails Grooming Shop for Guys, coming soon to the Owings Mills Metro Center. Find out more by going to hammerandnailsgrooming.com. The Parkcell Early Phase Unit at Harbor Hospital is looking for healthy males and females ages 18 to 85 to volunteer for a clinical research study. Length of participation and number of visits vary by study. If you qualify, you may receive compensation ranging from $1,200 to $8,500 upon completion. For more information, please visit our website or call 1-877-617-8839. Call now. Trying to feed a crowd? Order Chick-fil-A catering online from our friend Steve at the Nottingham Square Chick-fil-A. Hot or cold, the scrumptious platters from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square make throwing your party easy and affordable. Hot Chick-fil-A nuggets, grilled chicken, cool wraps, salad trays, and the chocolate chunk cookie tray. And Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square will deliver. Place your order now. Go to Chick-fil-A.com, choose the Nottingham Square store, and get your party started. It's delicious, and your house will smell out of this world. Don't forget the Chick-fil-A surprise. Prize play of the game, reheatable bite-sized nuggets are sure to draw a crowd. And it's still cold outside, slurp up the sizzling chicken tortilla soup or the soul-cheering chicken noodle soup at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Get monumental President's Day savings right now at Jerry's Toyota. Save big at Jerry's with financing as low as 0% on over 400 new Toyotas in stock. Jerry's has unprecedented deals, like monthly payments as low as $129 a month on new Toyota RAV4s and Camrys. Plus, get huge savings on over 200 pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And every new and used Toyota from Jerry's comes with their exclusive It's About You loyalty benefits. Do it. Visit Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road, just a couple blocks north of the Beltway, or online at jerrystoyota.com. All with approved credit. Sale ends 228-18. KZ, Sari, the NFL chick, KOO from the Pressbox Fantasy and Reality Football Show. You can hear it by going to pressboxonline.com slash fantasy every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to noon. And you can also check us out on facebook.com slash pressboxsports. We talk about college football. We talk about the NFL. We talk about the fantasy aspect. We talk about the reality aspect. And we talk about soccer, the, the other type of football. No, no, we don't. We don't? No. Never? No. Yeah, Tennis? No. Nope. Rugby? Nope. No, just no, football. Just NFL football. football. College, College football. football. Every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to noon, Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show. Our children's futures start at a very young age, and Catholic schools prepare them for that future. Academic excellence with the belief that all students will succeed. A balanced curriculum integrating music and arts, foreign language, and Catholic faith while challenging students in the areas of science, math, and technology. Discover the Catholic school's difference. 
Please visit archbalt.org schools for more information. They say you're only as strong as the company you keep. The U.S. Army keeps you in strong company. If you want to stand out, the Army can give you the training you need. To take advantage of the strong options waiting for you, visit GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.goarmy.com slash impact. They're strong, then there's Army Strong, paid for by the United States Army. All right, back in here on the bat around Glenn Clark. Brittany Everett here with you on a Saturday morning in for Stan and Craig. They'll be back next week. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, we're going to preview local college baseball season, which gets underway this weekend. The uh, baseball coaches at UMBC and Towson will join us in the 11 a.m. hour. Looking forward to doing that. Um, I've I've talked to Bob Mama a bunch of times. I actually have not had a conversation yet with uh, Matt Tyner, the new coach at uh, Towson. And um, everything that I've heard, because I heard him on with Stan and Craig, loved it. I heard him on uh, the, the TV show, Inside Press Box, last year. Dude, he's a lot of fun. He's got great stories. Like, he's, uh, boy, it looks so, he hasn't, obviously, yeah, he's got to prove it on the field, but so far, it looks like Towson got a hell of a baseball coach in Matt Tyner. So I'm looking forward to having my first opportunity to catch up with him. I'm posting a poll up on my Twitter account, uh, inspired by uh, Barstool RDT. Uh, rubber sauce when it comes to ribs. I, I we'll just get a, a, a general thought. Uh, Brian Powell checked in this morning. He told me that, it, so this is the way he described it. He said, as far as the snow is concerned, one to three inches mostly on untreated surfaces starting around three and ending after around midnight. I'm good. I'm going to be able to see the Black Panther tonight. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You'll be nice and warm be, and cozy I'll in be, the theater. I'll be good. Yeah. I'm a snob now, by the way. Ever since... So there's the theater in Falston that has the full reclining. Like, they have couches Oh wow. at the theater in Falston. It's a really small theater, but it's legit couches. It's not – like, now everywhere's got reclining seats to some extent, but these, I'm telling you, can lay down. That's amazing. On these. It's bonkers. So it's the only place I'm going to the movies ever. Like, I will not go to another movie theater for anything because this is just perfect. Although there is the danger of falling asleep, particularly when you have – Brittany, I have a um, – I have a three-year-old and I have a six-month-old. And so I don't get a lot of sleep. So you're tired I'm all the tired time. tired all the time. So there is the danger of actually falling asleep on one of these couches, right? But I can't watch a movie another way. Like, I have to go to this movie theater. So last night I'm, like, searching to try to get a ticket for tonight, and I'm like, 6.45, nothing. 7.05, nothing. 9.45, nothing. 10.05, only a seat, like, in the front row. I'm going to the movies at 10.15 the night because I have to see it at this movie theater and I have to see Black Panther. I can't allow an entire weekend to go by without me seeing it. Well, here's another poll question for you real fast. Yes. Butter on your popcorn, yes or no? See, I, okay. Oh, man, we got to get the Brad Lidge, but I'll, I, I do have to share my, this is my old man thing, all right? I refuse to spend money on concessions at the movie theater. Refuse to. It is such, look, if they charge normal price, I say the same thing about baseball games. I say the same thing about anywhere else. If you charge reasonable prices for your concessions, I would happily pay. But this is more a statement on my behalf. You're not going to gouge me. And I think it's, it's something I think has a broader, like, I think it has a lot to do with why people don't go to games. Like, it's just, it's a miserable, to walk in and know that you're going to be gouged mm-hmm. from the moment you walk in. The story of what happened with the Atlanta Falcons this season should be the biggest story in the history of sports. Right. They made more money after they slashed concession prices 
because people are predisposed to say, I won't spend any money at a game. If I go, or like I say with the movie theater, I won't, I'm not spending any money. You can change that by charging reasonable prices. Right. That's all you got to do. Just charge normal prices for concessions. So I am, I, I probably would be inclined to be a butter person, although my, my, my cholesterol intake needs to really kind of even out a little bit, but I'd probably be inclined to be a butter person, but I refuse to. Flat out refuse to spend any money on concessions at the movie theater because it is robbery. It Fair is enough. criminal what they Fair charge enough. there. All right. Uh, we had to do this yesterday afternoon because of his schedule, but let's chat more about the Orioles and Andrew Kashner right now with Brad Lidge from MLB Network Radio, the former closer for the Phillies and the Astros. And joined now here on the Bat Around, Glenn Clark with you. This has been uh, finally the moment that we've been waiting for in the Orioles in the offseason. They've signed a player, and our next guest actually really likes the signing, thinks it's a, a good pickup getting Andrew Kashner. He is former MLB closer and now analyst for MLB Network Radio. Always a pleasure to welcome in Mr. Brad Lidge. Brad, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, my pleasure. So, look, I think that for the most part, people here are, are positive, you know, in general about the Andrew Kashner signing alone. Like, I think it's – you'd be really hard-pressed to tell me that it's a bad thing when you have no pitchers to sign one who's been pretty decent for a really reasonable amount of money, all things considered. Like, in that vacuum, this seems like a good move for the Orioles. Well, sure. I mean, uh, you know, as you just said, you're pretty much looking at a rotation that, that has three spots it needs to fill out. And, you know, you might want to look at one of the young guys in your organization. But that being said, you got to put a competitive rotation out there. And I think somebody like Kastner certainly fits the bill as a guy that could go in there and kind of be the middle of the rotation type guy. I mean, look, he, he did great in Texas last year, and that's in the American League in a hitter's ballpark. So, you know, the parallels going over to Baltimore, I think he should do a pretty darn good job for him. He seems to be fully healthy. He's learned quite a bit about pitching, in my opinion, in the last couple of years. And, it, you know, he, he better had it going over to Arlington. Otherwise, he would have gotten rocked at such a tough ballpark to pitch in. You know, he was having a hard time pitching even in San Diego. But the stuff was there. And, you know, he was able to, to get out there last year and I think develop his craft in a way that, uh, look, he's always been, you know, a big kind of burly six six power right-handed guy. But, he finally figured out how to pitch last year, and, and that's a quintessential skill going into a place like Baltimore. It seems like the analytics folks don't love Andrew Kashner, but the things that you pointed out, a 3-4 ERA in a hitter's ballpark in Texas a season ago, we still don't exactly know how this Manny Machado, Tim Beckham you know, switch is going to work on the defensive side, or the left side of the infield. But for the most part, we're, we're pretty confident about the Orioles' defense. Like, I, I would think that, that, that short of something that I don't really understand, this seems like if he figured it out a year ago, it should translate fairly well in Baltimore. It, it really should. And, and I think one thing, you know, I, when I watched him pitch last year, he was throwing a sinker a lot more. Um, now, that's vital to do in Baltimore because you don't want to obviously right. give up a lot of fly balls. He's got a good infield, good defense behind him. I think the Machado-Beckham switch, you know, I'm thinking it's going to work. Well, I guess that kind of remains to be seen, but, but both guys are obviously incredible athletes, so it should work out well. He's going to get a lot more ground balls now than he, than he used to do, and, and I think we saw that last year. You know, less strikeouts now. He's not that type of guy anymore, but as I said, he learned how to pitch, and he used that sinker very effectively, so he gets the ground balls now when he needs to. Uh, he's able to get through games quicker, and uh, I think, you know, again, when you're going to Baltimore, and when he was pitching in Arlington last year, the last thing you want to do is be a fly ball type pitcher, so um, you know, he's figured that out, and, he, and he's been able to get a lot of double plays, quicker innings because of it, which is going to allow him to get more innings out there in Baltimore. 
Brad Lidge is with us here on the batter round as we're talking about the Orioles signing Andrew Kashner to a two-year deal. Brad, you know, one more thought on Kashner himself, which is, is it as simple as saying he was still available at this point because everybody's still available? Because somebody's going to say back, and this is one of the responses we've gotten from listeners is, okay, well, nobody wanted this guy, right? Like he was available. The money wasn't the problem because, you know, again, the contract's not all that much. And yet nobody wanted him until February. But isn't the the easy response to that, okay, well, nobody appears to want much of anyone at this point. That, 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 do we dismiss yeah. it as simply as that? Yeah, I mean, look, this has been a crazy year. And, and I think really the reality is is that uh, had you Darvish signed a lot earlier, had Jake Arrieta signed a lot earlier, and then Lynn and Cobb and so on and so forth, Casher would himself have signed a lot earlier, I think. Probably a lot of teams looked at him and his season he had last year. He's always been a big projectable guy that you'd want to have in your rotation. Um, and, and so I think a lot of teams would have been in on Kasher and were in on Kasher. Um, so I don't think it's at all that he was just kind of floating out there that uh, you know nobody really wanted him and Baltimore had to make a move. So that he's the guy they ended up getting. I think he was somebody that was coveted by quite a few teams. And, and after the year he put together, he should have been. So it, it has been a very, very odd free agent time. It's pushed everybody back. But it's not like he was still floating out there. I mean, Jake Arrieta is still floating out there. Right. Obviously, people want him. Alex Cobb. And Glenn Cobb, yep. they're still out there, too. So, you know, these are guys that people still want and, and, and absolutely cash in with somebody that, that anybody would love to have in the middle of the rotation. All right, I'm going to present something to you, Brad Lidge, and this goes a little bit away from the on-the-field thing and more about the, the general way that you go about running a team. M- my, okay. my secondary take after the news hit, the first one was, yeah, it seems like a pretty good signing, but my secondary take was, Okay, but if it's not, if this isn't paired with Lynn or Cobb, and we're assuming that's not going to be the case, I think most people believe it's more likely that if the Orioles do sign another pitcher, it's probably going to be bringing back Chris Tillman, which I, I have no problem with, again, of itself. Um, if your offseason was going to be just bringing in Kashner and bringing back Tillman, if that ends up being the entirety of your offseason, knowing the realities in the division, and knowing the realities of the guys that are on your team and when their contracts are up, was it worth not beginning a rebuild this offseason to just get Andrew Kashner? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, you know, listen, I, I think the Baltimore's in a tough spot right now. Let's put it that way. I mean, it, it would be if somebody had jumped out there and offered the world for Machado and they were able to move him, then it would be easy to trigger you know, the rebuild process. But right. as it is, he's still there. And, and look, then, you know, Britain gets hurt, and you're looking at the bullpen, you're like, it, it, it can still be a strength, so to speak, but not necessarily what it used to be. I mean, that, that's for sure. I mean, Britain is still an electric closer. You're going to hit, but the rotation, eh, you know, listen, in that division, that, that's going to be a, a tough task for Baltimore. So right. if, it's, if it's worth it, here's the thing. Again, they're in a very tough situation they can't really start the rebuilding process if they wanted to do that quite yet um you know no one likes to be in no man's land every fan and every organization wants to either be rebuilding or on on top and there's really no place to be anywhere in between baltimore has to be in between right now and they've got to do this for another year so it's, it's a very tough spot i think man i you know i would have loved to have seen him be able to move machado and just get a massive haul of prospects but as it is now you still have them. So you still want to have at least a competitive team, and potentially, if things break right, if Britain comes back and he's electric and the bullpen holds it down until then, potentially this team could still fight for a wild-card spot. So it's going to be a really difficult task, and I think, yes, you do need to still add another starter, no doubt about it. I mean, I guess Tillman, but 
you know, it'd be nice for them to do even more than that. Uh, hopefully Tillman's able to get it back, but you just don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just tough to watch them right now because they feel in so many ways like they're going to be just a very, you know, kind of somewhere floating around 500 team. Right. And, and you'd like to see them get better. But the thing is, for me is, is this. If there is some way they can play very competitively in the first part of the season and, and, and maybe play a little bit better than people expect, then you may be able to go out and get you know another starting pitcher. There might be a guy available that they could bring in. Then Britain comes back, and all of a sudden you've got kind of a powerhouse team in the second half. So if they get off to a great start, they, they just you know that would be great. But they've just got to stay competitive in the first part of the season. If they don't, then it will be an easy rebuild for them next year. Brad, let me let me ask you this: um, What if? And I, and I ask this question. I don't think there's any world in which the Orioles are pairing this with Alex Cobb or Lance Lynn, right? Like we know it's not going to be Jake Arrieta. It's that's not happening. But like Cobb and Lynn were always thought of as the guys. Well, maybe there's some. You know, if if the market comes back to him, maybe there's some chance. It still seems extremely unlikely that that's the route that the Orioles end up going. But what if they right. did? What if it was, say, Cobb? And I think Cobb's the one that people bring up here because he's had such success in the AL East, which we all know is a different animal. If the Orioles added Alex Cobb to what they currently have, how would you view that team? What would you think of their chances of being competitive this season? Well, I would still say that, I mean, look, no one's going to put them ahead of Boston or New York, but all of a sudden now you can see a team that could fight for a wild-card spot, and that's not a stretch to say. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it would be a team that things would still have to go right for, and you gotta, you know, you got to play well, but it wouldn't be a stretch to think that that could happen. And then again, you know, you, you get Britain back, and, and, and all of a sudden you can run with the thing. But um, if they do land, uh, you know, now somebody like a Cobb, then, then all of a sudden, you know, that kind of shuffles the deck in terms of the American League and wild-card teams because – Look, Minnesota hasn't really taken that next step for me. Sure. Um, I mean, I think Anaheim's done, you know, pretty t- obviously done a very good job this <laughs> offseason. They're going to be very competitive. But it's not like the wild card situation is on lockdown. I mean, I guess you kind of figure Boston or New York, however that works out, one of them will get it. But there's still some openings, and, and there's still some ways for, uh, for Baltimore to get in there if they did, in fact, get a guy like a Cobb. And, and, and again, it, it wouldn't be like – too far-fetched to think that that could happen. I mean, we'll see what happens with Toronto this year. Obviously, they're still fighting for something, and their timeline is clicking, too. Um, but uh, I think that, I mean, as it is right now, Baltimore is putting together a competitive rotation. Um, you know, it's something that's going to be able to allow them to have a chance to, to go out there and win each night. But if you really are serious about competing for the for the for I shouldn't even say the division, if you're really serious about competing for a wild-card spot, then, yes, you do need to land another one of those guys I think you're right. I don't think it's going to be Cobb or Lynn. I, you know, Arietta's obviously out of the question probably, but, you know, that type of signing, that type of pitcher, um, all of a sudden now, okay, now we've got a team to play with. Now all of a sudden you can see some good things happening for these guys. Just another couple of minutes here with Brad Lidge, former MLB closer, MLB network radio analyst. Um, Brad, one of the things, every scenario that involves the Orioles having a chance sort of seems like it has to start with a – another, you know, a season of progression from Bundy and Gosman, right? Like that that if yeah. if these guys are sort of stuck as what they are, then you're not getting there. But if they can take whatever that next step is, then you feel like you have a chance. When you look at those two guys and look Gosman the second half of seasons looks amazing. In the first half he's ugh. um Bundy at yeah. times, at times you look at Dylan Bundy and say this guy has all of the talent in the world, could be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Do you do you believe there's a chance for those two guys to still 
become top-of-the-rotation type of pitchers at this point? Well, I think so. I mean, you know, Gossman, it, it, it has been a little bit frustrating. You know, he got to the big leagues pretty darn young, and I think everyone was like, you know, from day one, this guy's going to be an ace. But it takes a while to develop sometimes. And if he does come around, look, he's still fairly young, even though he's been in the big leagues for a while, um, it can still happen for him. I mean, he hasn't, it, it hasn't clicked for a full season for him, you know, really in the way that people are projecting, you know, or did project it, uh, that it was going to happen. But, yeah, there's still time for these guys to do that. I mean, it, it takes a while to learn how to pitch, especially effectively in that division. I mean, listen, if, if neither of these guys get it done with Baltimore, if Gossman somehow moves on at some point um, and, and they want to do that, who knows? He could go to the, the NL West and all of a sudden put up great numbers or the NL Center. You, know, you just never know. Sometimes yeah. it's a really tough thing to pitch in that ballpark in that division, and no matter how good you're doing, you're still going to give up your share of runs. I mean, it's just not an easy place to get it done. So um, you have to give them a little bit of slack because of that. But I think at the same time, the answer to that question is yes. There is still time for those guys to be top of the rotation guys. I don't know if both of them are number one type guys, but certainly they're both very, very capable of pitching like number twos for an entire season and at times like number ones. And if you have two guys like that uh, and then you've got a steady cashner going in the middle of the rotation, then – that's not a bad thing. All right, before I let you go, and I really appreciate the time, and I know that I'm, I'm asking you a loaded one to, to wrap up, so I'll, I'll, you, know, you don't have to give me the full thought on it. Just the nature of the offseason in general, the, the, the word collusion being thrown around the way that it has been, concerns about you know, labor issues moving forward. What do you make of all of this and how this offseason has played out? Is it as dramatic as the parties involved are making it out to be? Well, I think once the season starts, it'll kind of go away, but it's not going to go away entirely. And next offseason, those hurt feelings are going to come back up again uh, from a lot of players. And I don't think we've, I mean, I don't think there's going to be, you know, conflict or anything like of, of that type this season. But man, the next collective bargaining agreement is going to be very, very interesting. There's a lot of, uh, as I said, hurt feelings by players right now. They didn't realize what was going to happen when this thing got uh, signed a couple years ago. I, I, I have to say, I don't think, look, I mean, this isn't collusion in my opinion. This is just, um, you know, the, the players' union didn't do a great job projecting how this collective bargaining was going to pan out, and teams are taking advantage of, of the situation right now. Um, it's, it's, it's easy for them to do. Like, they don't have to call each other and collude on this thing. It's just the way it is right now. They can take their time, and they can get guys in a pinch and, and, and make them sign for less, and, and they're taking advantage of it. If a team's goal is to get, you know, to help their franchise as much as possible, if that's the front office's goal, and they're able to land guys for less money, um, then they're doing it. So I don't think they're hurting themselves at this point. Now, that being said, um, it will be very interesting to see how this thing evolves over the next couple of years. You know, we don't come up on another collective bargaining agreement for a couple more years. I believe Manfred's going to put in some pace of play things. You know, players be damned. It doesn't matter what they think. They're going to happen. And I just I, I can see a lot of negativity happening right now. Again, I don't think there's going to be any immediate repercussions other than some angry players. But when this thing keeps going for a couple more years, and if this trend continues of, of guys getting less and less because the teams can't take advantage of them, um, it's going to be messy at the next collective bargaining agreement. So um, I don't know. I, I have a little bit of... Uh, um, a little bit of suspicion that the next one is not going to be a smooth process. Yeah, it seems that way. All right, he is Brad Lidge. Make sure you are following him on Twitter. It's at Sliders N. Again, that's the letter N, saves 54. Um, you headed out on a, on a spring training tour with MLB Network Radio? I am. I sure am. I'll be uh, doing stuff. I'm actually going to be doing stuff for the Phillies here coming up uh, uh, real soon, and um, I'm going to be 
that's uh, kind of my own, you know, yeah. uh, guest instructor type stuff down at Clearwater. Oh, cool. But I'll be heading out uh, on March 5th uh, through the 10th down in uh, Arizona, down in uh, Phoenix area, covering uh, stuff for MLB Network. There's nothing better than spring training in Phoenix, man. Oh, my God, it's perfect. It doesn't yeah. rain, the weather's immaculate, and you just drink and watch baseball for a few days. It's just, oh, my God. I'm, I'm jealous <laughs> as hell. Hey, Brad, really appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Have a great rest of your weekend. Let's talk again real soon, all right? All right, that sounds great. Take care. Brad Lidge. Oh, that's all right. I appreciate it. I appreciate I actually like that. I like you coming back with music. I didn't know we were doing it, but I like it, Brittany. Thank you. Uh, Brad Lidge spending some time with us here on the Bad Around. And uh, some interesting thoughts in there. Um, again, he's, he's in general a thumbs up about Andrew Kashner, which I like. Um, but the realities that face the Orioles remain the realities that face the Orioles. And there's nothing that you can do about that, unfortunately, right now. And so I think that's where we kind of all are. We're in this sort of guarded, it's guarded optimism. It's largely positivity when it comes to the Kashner thing. But it doesn't change any of the realities that face the Baltimore Orioles and their roster and what they're all about. All right, so we talked a lot of Orioles and Andrew Kashner in hour one of the show. Glenn Clark in for Stan and Craig on the bat around this week. In hour two, we're going to talk college baseball. That was the plan. My, my entire plan for this week's show before the Orioles signed Andrew Kashner was let's do college baseball all morning because start a college baseball season, it's a cool week to do it, and heck, the Orioles haven't done anything. Well, then they went out and made a move, so we just had to call an audible. So we did Orioles in hour one. We did Andrew Kashner. Now in hour two, we're going to preview some local college baseball. Later on in the hour, we're going to chat with Matt Tyner, the new head coach at Towson. Right now, it's a pleasure, as always, to be joined by the head baseball coach at UMBC, fresh off an America East championship last year and a trip to the NCAA tournament. They're trying to do it again. Joining us is Coach Bob Mama from the Retrievers here on the Bat Around. Coach, it's Glenn. It's so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, yeah well, thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it. I think it's great we can uh, talk about something that doesn't get talked a lot about in this area, which is, which is college baseball. Well, I, we always love doing it, and uh, you guys lucked out that you didn't have to play this weekend, right? Because it seems like it's not going to be a very pleasant. Yeah, I think uh, we joke around. There, there's a reason the Orioles do spring training in Sarasota and not in Maryland. It's a little <laughs> bit, uh, still a little bit uh, crazy weather this time of the year. Seventy a couple of days ago and snow tonight. So no we kind of got to play day by day early in the season. No doubt about That's it. That's the way that it works. Hey, coach. Just look. I, I don't know tangibly how much it means, but. How different is the feel around the program and, you know, the association of UMBC baseball based on what happened with you guys a season ago? Yeah, certainly it was, it was a great year last year. I think it really um, uh, it, it's opened up the door in recruiting a little bit, you know, to say, hey, you know, we, we went to a, to a regional. We've had some really great success the last three years and kind of capped it off last year going to, uh, you know, an NCAA regional. And, uh, you know, this opens the door. More kids are talking to us. But I think the biggest thing in our program is, you know, we no longer have to say, hey, we think we can win a championship. Now the kids know it. You know, the bar is set uh, a little bit higher. And, and now we talk about uh, – you know, playing the game the right way, doing the things to win a championship, because everyone knows that's the expectation is, you know, trying to get back to a championship game and trying to win it. And when we get to a regional, let's let's prepare to, to win some games in a regional and see if we can't move on at some point. What does it take, now knowing what it takes to do it, to get there, how do you replicate that a year later? Yeah, I think, you know, certainly in college baseball, it's always a challenge because every year, you know, when you have a really good season, you lose really, really good players. 
you know, we lost, uh, you know, a couple guys drafted the last couple of years, some, some four, four year starters for us. So with the college baseball season, it's always a challenge, kind of like the Orioles losing free agency, I guess. You got to replace sure. those guys. But, uh, you know, we think we have some really good talent. And I think the, the key is to worry about what we have to do go out there and play the game the way our kids know how to play it. And, you know, if we do that, we'll have a chance. And every ball game we play, and you know, if we if we can just do the little things, maybe a little bit better than last year, we we get back there and perform a little bit better in the regionals if we, if we are lucky enough to get back this year. You know, I feel like in most sports at the college level, typically the way preseason polls go are, hey, who won last year? Well, we'll pick them to win again this year. Um, that wasn't the case for you guys, as you were picked to finish no, sixth. Yeah, it was, I think it was a little interesting uh, where we were picked, obviously. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think I think Binghamton had a great year last year, even though they didn't go to the tournaments. They were kind of unanimous first choice, and we turned a lot of guys. But yeah, I probably would have been expected to pick second or third, but pick sixth. But uh, I guess you know, preseason polls don't matter a whole lot. No really. doubt, we were right? Picked, we were we were picked fifth last year, and you know, finished second in regular season and won the tournament. So, uh, you know, just coaches kind of giving a, a best guess and, um, you know, thank goodness they don't mean anything. I, I, I agreed on all accounts. The question is, do you hang that up around the building at all? Like, do you, do you, do you leave that and remind the guys, use that maybe you know, as a little they, bit of motivation? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, they all know it. So I, was, I was talking with a couple of our seniors, uh, I guess, the day before they came in. I said, hey, what do you think we're going to get picked this year? And they just started laughing. I go, I'll probably pick a fifth again, you know, kind of stuff. So I think they're used to maybe not getting some respect that some other programs have, have gotten in our in our league over the years. And But they, they're a very confident group. They they know their goal is to win it, and they have a lot of belief in themselves. And they just kind of they kind of laugh at it. But, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. You know, we talk about it for a day, and then we just go back to business and, and work on what we got to do to become a better ball club. I hear you. He is Coach Bob Mama from UMBC. He's with us here on uh, the Bat Around as we're previewing the 2018 Retrievers. Their season gets underway next week. Hey, uh, Coach, before I, I start asking about a couple players on your team, I did want to sure. uh, bring up the the just the, the everything that's changed. I said the building, right? Well, obviously, there's a big change on the campus at UMBC as there's a brand new building. Um, Absolutely. What has it done for everyone? I think everybody knows what it means for basketball and for volleyball, but the the facilities there, as far as weight rooms concerned, training things along those lines, and then just for the, the the sort of the spirit of the campus in general, what has the new building done, even for the baseball program at UMBC? Yeah, I think number one, it's a level of excitement that we haven't had for a number of years. You know, we have a you know a legitimate arena that our, that our our student athletes, our university can be really really proud of. You know, our kids are really excited about the uh, the new weight room, the new training area, and I think you know when when you bring a recruit into that building now, it, you know, it just it legitimizes you know UMBC athletics. You know, the school's only 50 years old. Uh, you know, it's done a great job growing the academics over the last you know five or ten years. We've gotten some great great student athletes coming in, but it really does start legitimizing the athletic you know programs and and you know where we hope to be you know you know two years, four years, five years from now and. You know, it's just, it's just exciting. I couldn't be happier for the university and, and for certainly for all the athletes and certainly for our guys. But it's a, it's a great building. If people haven't gotten in there, it's worth going to a basketball game or, oh, no or a question. volleyball game in the fall and seeing that building. It's a special place. So, Coach, uh, admittedly, I'm a UMBC alum, and I like walked over and and I, you know I'm like looked in the first time. I said, "Holy crap!" You know, like I I genuinely can't believe this is this is UMBC. Like it's it 
it looks like uh, the University of Virginia. I mean, that's how nice it looks. Yeah, it's it's as good as any you know mid major program out there. You know, certainly not the uh, you know College Park with twenty five thousand seats that kind of stuff. But it's it's as good a basketball arena as there is in the league, and I think is 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 in the is in the area compared to Towson and what Coppin's done. You know, th- those type of programs, and it's it's fantastic. It's it's an amazing building. The the training facilities are going to be outstanding. The weight room, uh, the training room. It just it gives our athletes just a. Uh, you know, another edge in what they're doing to go about their business and be- becoming, you know, a, 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 you know, the best athlete they can become. They, they've had that academically for a while, and now we have it on the athletic side. And like I said, you, you walked in there, and it's 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 different. It's it's yeah, a, it's no a very special building, and we're we're very lucky to have it. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to being in there for for a long time. All right, Coach. Um, I know you guys lose uh, guys like Hunter Dolshin, who was the uh, most outstanding player of the America East Championship, but. How much does it help to be returning someone like Christian Torres, the defending rookie of the year in the America East? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, certainly, as we said earlier, you, you're always going to lose good players and a Dolce and a Casale and Mike Austin, who got signed, you know, by Kansas City. Those are great players. But we got some great players returning. You know, Christian Torres, uh, you know, freshman, came up from Miami, Florida, had a great year, rookie of the year in the league. Uh, you know, freshman All-Americans, a great player. Uh, but you know, we 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 returned some other great players. You know, AJ Wright, our second baseman, led the league in hitting, hit hit 400 in the league. You know, a Raven Beeman uh, outfielder, uh, uh, Zach Bright, you know, catcher, hit hit you know five hole in 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 the league, well over 300. Probably got hit behind uh, Hunter Dolson, doesn't get as much respect as he has. So we we have a lot of additional players returning. We're 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 really excited about what they can do, how we can defend, and how we're going to be offensively. And uh, you know, now they got to step up in some of those bigger shoes. But uh, you know, we're we're really excited about what they can do, and, and I'm certainly looking forward to having them getting getting their season started next weekend. Do you have a feel right now for, you know, the season will go right if versus if this doesn't go right, you know, then, then it's going to be difficult for us to do what we want to do this year? I think I think it's the first. I think we have a chance to be a very good, very good ball club. Yeah. I think we'll defend it really, really well. We hit, we have some some younger arms. We lost a, a lot of pitching, but we I think our starting pitching will be outstanding. I think our relief pitching will be outstanding. We have a kid named Stephen Shock who, you know, in the Ripley League, put up a zero ERA this year. He's kind of a Darren O'Day submarine type okay. guy. He pitched up in the Cape Cod the last couple of weeks. Is invited back. I think our bullpen can be great. The key is going to be kind of figuring out the lineup as you, as you lose your. You know, your one, your your three, your four hole hitter, you know, that type of thing. You gotta kinda of figure a lineup and then kids gotta if they were hitting six, seven last year, they gotta hit three, four this year. So that'll be the adjustment. It might take a little while, but I think by the time conference rolls around, we get to, to mid March, uh, end of March, you know, we'll 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 be in good shape. But we we don't quite get to thirty spring training games like the Orioles do, but uh, we, we kind of hit the ground running, and uh, it's always a little bit of work in progress the first you know, two or three weeks of the season, but I think we got some very capable guys, and, and I'm excited to go out there and watch them play. Do you have the pitching that you need? I, I believe so. I, obviously, you never know. You know, you know you're, you're always an injury or two away in college baseball from from having a lot of depth, not as much depth because you're not calling guys up from the minor leagues, but uh, you know, Matt Shannon was a rookie of the year. Right. He had a complete game shut out in the tournament last year. Uh, Mitch Wilson, who was a sophomore or freshman last year, you know, started the championship ball game. He'll he'll be back. We got we got some junior college, you know, actually a grad student graduated from William and Mary. Has a chance to be our starting rotation. Okay. Looks great this spring. Um, you know, I, I think you know we got some really good guys. I, I think uh, uh, Jacob Christian, you know, in the tournament last year was 
was great for us. So certainly our, our top end returners will be very good, and then we obviously need some of our freshmen to kind of get their feet wet a little bit and, and get through it. But I think we I think they have a chance to be very very solid contributors. So yeah, as you know, and the Orioles know, you, you never have enough pitching. But I think uh, our top guys will be very good when they go out there for us. Have you sensed that you know what it, what it means to them to sort of prove? The, and I don't want to keep going back to this preseason poll thing because who cares about the preseason poll, right? But just to, to in a way maybe validate like that, that there are people that say hey well you guys were you know sort of an average team last year that got hot at the right time like do you sense that they want to validate everything from a year ago and prove that UMBC baseball truly is a championship caliber program yeah I, I think so and I think certainly you know, in our league in the American East we're we're kind of I don't want to say we're the outlier but we're we're far enough away from everybody else you know we got to go yeah you know, all the schools are in, in New York or north of us so they don't always kind of know what we're doing, know what we're doing recruiting. So I think because of that, maybe we don't get some of the respect uh, you know, that we deserve. Again, you know, two out of the last three years in the championship ball game, we finished second in the league twice, finished fourth two years ago, you know, in the top four in the league, um, I think third most wins in the league over the last three or four years. But I think the guys, they're kind of used to that. You know, juniors and seniors, they, they look at us every year and they go, all right, we're picked here again, we're picked here again. And they just want to go out there and they just go out there and play. And I think that's what we did great last year. Uh, we do sort of every day, and we we worried about the next pitch. We worried about what was in front of us, not what was behind us, and and that's why we kept getting better all year long, and and why we played some really good baseball toward the end of the season. Well, and obviously that was the case, and and it it it, it panned out, and uh, because of that, you guys are defending America East champions. The home schedule begins on March 9th. That'll be your first opportunity to get out to uh, yep. UMBC and see the Retrievers as they're home for three that weekend, one against Mount St. Mary's, two against Hofstra, um, as as it's smart to stay away for, uh, from this area as long as you can, Coach. As long as you can go play somewhere in the south, it makes sense yep. to try that, to go yeah, do all, it. All, all, always got to go lay early, and certainly there's challenges with that as those teams yeah. have been outside a little bit longer and have a few more at bath under their belt, but certainly in, in this weather in late February, early March, the early college season, you're, you're, you're kind of at the mercy of the weather, but we've been fortunate enough. This spring's been pretty good. We've gotten outside a few times. We're on our field last, the other day when it was 70. And, uh, you know, so we're looking forward to going down there, but you know, we love being at home. I think, uh, I think it's hundred dollars. I said a couple of years ago, uh, you know, we could, we could play the Yankees at our place. We'd have a chance to win. You know, like we, we play great at like home it. and our kids, our kids believe that they can beat anyone in the country uh, in our ballpark, and you know it's a it's a great little ballpark to come in. It's got kind of a uh, you know a stadium feel to it, and you know you'll see you know anyone can come out to a game. It's free admission, doesn't cost anything, and you know a lot of a lot of night games, the second half of the year at six o'clock midweek, and certainly on the weekends, and uh, you know you'll you'll come out and see a lot of kids playing really hard and and having a lot of fun with what they do. Well, it's a and it's a great time in general to be a retriever right now with everything going on, and uh, it just seems like. Very exciting times in Catonsville these days, Coach Bob Mama. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna yeah, have everybody follow. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, so absolutely. Uh, obviously, our basketball team in second place yep. in the league. Lacrosse just got a huge win the other day, and uh, you know, baseball, softball starting up. So uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of great things are happening in in, in Retriever Land, your Retriever Nation, so to speak. So you know, come on out and watch the athletics. It's a it's a it could be a great time to bring some family out to to watching games. And that doesn't even mention UMBC soccer, which is always killing it. You know, like Pete Green, yeah, yeah, Coach Green, no he's done an amazing job over the years. You know, what Final Four, Coach National Coach of the Year a couple years ago. So yep. uh, you know, like I said, anyone can come out and watch some 
you know, UMBC athletics, I think they'll, you got, you got great student athletes. Uh, they, they play the game the right way across the board and, uh, it can be a great time to get an opportunity to come out and watch us play. Coach, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys this season. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Best of luck this year. All right. Yeah, I really appreciate you having us on anytime. Thanks so much. Coach Bob Mama from UMBC as we, uh, do college baseball previews here in, uh, hour two of the bat around. All right, uh, I'm not going to lie to you or try to bamboozle you or anything like that. Like, I'm not a bamboozler, um, Brittany. It's just not who I am. Uh, I- I'm actually going to be leaving. <laughs> um, I only share this because people are going to see it on Facebook Live. Yeah, I'm so, going to be the Lone Yeah, it's Ranger just going to be you that they're going to be seeing on Facebook Live. The show will continue. Yes. Via the magic of radio. The yes. show will continue. And we're going to be joined by uh, Towson coach Matt Tyner, which we had to record last night. I think, you know, it's just the way that it goes. So the show continues. It's just that if you look on Facebook Live and you say, that's really weird. Glenn's not there anymore. You're right. I'm not there anymore. As I got to duck out. I got a lacrosse game. I got to go call. But the show will continue on, and we got much more to do um, on this edition of the Bat Around. I just don't it, – it's, it's pointless to lie anymore. When, when we used to not have a video component, we could just lie. Like, I could have just said, hey, look, I'm still here, like, right. doing the whole thing. Now, it would have been awkward if the Orioles say were to sign Alex Cobb at 11.45 – like, now you'll know if that happens, I'm not going to be able to react to it live because I'm not here. I guess we'll have to call you yeah, to talk right, on the yeah, show. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Brittany, you'll have to call me. We'll chime in that way. Um, I don't think we have to worry about that either, by the way. I don't think that's a concern. It would be a wonderful, oh, my God, what a tremendous surprise it would be if that were to be the case. I mean, I would just absolutely, I'd be happy to pull over and deal with it at that point. Right. But if they wait till afternoon, that's that's okay. That would be that would be better. That yeah. would be the better scenario. Um, but we still have a lot to do. As I mentioned, Coach Matt Tyner from Towson is going to join us as we're trying to give some love to uh, local college baseball this morning. I want you to get out and support local college baseball this season. And as uh, Coach Mama pointed out, these games from the, are free. Like these are, you know, complain all you want about uh, how much it costs to do things right anymore. Like college baseball is a f- super fun product to begin with. Like it's typically high scoring. You know, like. There's typically a lot of offense. There's high drama in the late innings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, college baseball is a good product to begin with, and it's for a good price. Like, it doesn't cost you anything to get out and support these teams locally. So that's why we want to sh- you know, give them some love this morning and support what um, the programs at uh, UMBC and Towson are doing. So with that in mind, when we come back in, our next guest will be Matt Tyner from Towson, their uh, baseball coach. First season for Coach Matt Tyner with the Tigers after um, – uh, he was once upon a time a draft pick of the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, crazy, crazy how things work out. So we'll come back in and do that. Brittany, appreciate all your help this morning. And we'll be back in to chat with uh, Coach Matt Tyner here on the Bat Around in partnership with Press Box and Monumental Sports. Coming to the Owings Mills Metro Center soon, Hammer and Nails Grooming Shop for Guys, where they offer hand and foot grooming, barbering, and straight razor shaves, all in a relaxed man cave nirvana. You get your own TV and remote, top-of-the-line noise-canceling headphones, and a complimentary beverage, all while you kick back in a seat that has been custom-crafted with your comfort being the number one priority. Trust me when I say, this is a -a one-of-a-kind experience that will have you feeling like a modern-day king. That's Hammer and Nails Grooming Shop for guys coming soon to the owings mills metro center find out more by going to hammerandnailsgrooming.com the latest edition of press box is available now for the first time ever it's our best of baltimore sports double issue as we recognize the top people performances and moments in the last 12 months including the announcement of our first ever local sports person of the year 
Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Our children's futures start at a very young age, and Catholic schools prepare them for that future. Academic excellence with the belief that all students will succeed. A balanced curriculum integrating music and arts, foreign language, and Catholic faith, while challenging students in the areas of science, math, and technology. Discover the Catholic school's difference. Please visit archbalt.org schools for more information. This week on Section 336, we talk about Orioles starting rotation options. We're talking Wright, we're talking Asher, we're talking Enoa, and we're also talking about Nestor, possible starter, hold, possible hold starting up. pitcher, Nestor Cortez. You must have your facts wrong, because last time I checked, Nestor isn't allowed anywhere near the Orioles. No, he's a starting pitcher, Nestor. No, I'm talking about starting pitcher, Nestor. He's fine. He can start. Section 336 is available on section336.com and pressboxonline.com slash podcast. What we do with our lives defines us. So consider a path that gives you an array of opportunities for your future. The U.S. Army gives you skills and experiences that make you a well-rounded person. With many ways to serve that align with your goals, you'll become a stronger individual. Find out more at GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.GoArmy.com slash impact. There's strong, then there's Army Strong, paid for by the United States Army. Get monumental President's Day savings right now at Jerry's Toyota. Save big at Jerry's with financing as low as 0% on over 400 new Toyotas in stock. Jerry's has unprecedented deals, like monthly payments as low as $129 a month on new Toyota RAV4s and Camrys. Plus, get huge savings on over 200 pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And Every new and used Toyota from Jerry's comes with their exclusive It's About You loyalty benefits. Do it. Visit Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road, just a couple blocks north of the Beltway, or online at jerrystoyota.com. All with approved credit. Sale ends 228-18. Hey, it's Glenn, and you might not know this, but we actually have a great wrestling podcast. Well, it's an okay wrestling no, podcast. No, 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 no. Don't sell us short, Glenn. This podcast involves the main event, AJ Francis. That means it is the best wrestling yeah, podcast. That, that, Look, just, just because you're bigger than us does not mean you're better than us. It does not mean you're the main event. The brains are the one that brings people to the table when it comes to podcasts, so it's me who brings people to job and out. Are you kidding me? Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, you're the worst. Literally the worst. Like, no one has ever tuned in for your opinion. Got real, real, <laughs> real quick. It's jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. He Terp. Every week, we're talking pro wrestling. You can find it by going to Jobbing Out on iTunes or SoundCloud or by clicking on the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com. Yeah, the Towson fight song is uh, Coach Matt Tyner will join us here momentarily. This is the Bat Around. I am Glenn Clark, in for Stan the Fan and Craig Heist this morning. Don't forget, if you're missing the boys, they'll be back next Saturday. 
and with you here on the Bad Around. If you're tuning in and hearing me for the first time and saying, hey, that fella seems like he knows a thing or two about what he's talking about or at least seems to be BSing well, well, don't worry. I BS all throughout the week on Glenn Clark Radio, 10 to noon, same locations, PressBoxOnline.com slash radio or GlennClarkRadio.com, as well as on Facebook Live, of course, at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. So plenty of opportunities for you to hear from me throughout the course of the week. Today's show is brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with the 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious beat-ups before you got to get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster. Wings Beer Sports available for dining orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details. Thanks to UMBC's Bob Mama for joining us earlier on this hour. And we continue previewing college baseball season. Their season getting underway this weekend at Towson. It's the first year of the Matt Tyner era. And joining us now here on the Bat Around is the coach of the Tigers, Coach Matt Tyner, joins us. Coach, it's Glenn. It's so good to talk to you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thanks for having me. We couldn't, uh, couldn't be happier. Yes, we're getting ready to kick this thing off. We're out in Las Cruces. New Mexico, getting ready to open with New Mexico State University. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, we're going to get snow here, right? So I guess New Mexico, the thought was, let's get as far away from uh, from the snow as we possibly can, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. College baseball seems to open relatively early every year. Yeah. And all of us, let's just say, you know, we're right there on the cusp where it can be great weather or yep. you don't, you know, you could be under six inches of snow. Um, certainly some of my counterparts struggled yesterday, even getting out of Chicago. So God love them. I know they're scrambling, trying to play this weekend. It's such a big weekend for college baseball with everybody getting underway. Yeah. Uh, exciting time, Glenn. Exciting time. No doubt about that. An exciting time, obviously, at Towson uh, as you open your first season, Coach. Um, I, I, let me start. This is going to be a twofold uh, sort of question. What have you, since you arrived last spring, last summer, right, um, what have you most learned about the job? You know, what, what, you know, what's been different? What have you learned most about the job? And what have you most learned about this team uh, before playing your first game? Well, this is not my first head coaching gig, which certainly has helped me. Right. But after having been away from head coaching for four years as a recruiting coordinator, hitting coach, and then to step back into this role, you do forget – a couple of the responsibilities that you have. And uh, let's just say that, you know, your umbrella gets a little bit bigger as a head coach versus an assistant coach. And until you step into that role, you, you, you don't know. So it's been one thing right after another. I've surrounded myself by some outstanding young coaches. They've really been monumental in regard to us taking those positive steps, both on and off the field. Um, our culture's changing rapidly here, and everybody's, we call it Tyner time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, things happen pretty quick on and off the field. And we were able to pull together a first pitch dinner uh, that had never been done for. I, I saw Bill Ripken was there, right? Putting. Yeah, Billy yeah. Ripken opened it for us and did a fantastic job. And, you know, we raised over $10,000 in one night. And people were shaking their heads like, gosh, I never thought you could do it. Well, you know, we didn't either, but we were going to give it a shot. So, uh, we pushed the envelope and 
you know, thanks to the support of the, of the community, the alumni and the friends and family and parents of our program, you know, we were able to pull off a first class event. So from that aspect of it, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, you, you do have to delegate. You do have to let your coaches coach. And, uh, that's why I hired them. So guys like Tanner Biogini know my hitting theory, uh, inside now. He does a better job of teaching it than I do. Uh, guys like Miles Miller, our pitching coach, unbelievable with our pitching staff. When he tells me we're going to make a move, we're going to make a move, you know, so that's a, that's a great thing. And then add Mickey Willard and Eric Frank to the fold. And you've got an unbelievable infield coach and a baseball development guy that's second to none in the United States. So, you know, I couldn't be happier with the staff that we've got. Uh, so that, they're helping me out. They're, they're helping me cross those bridges and, you know, uh, try not to forget anything. And, and what about what about the players themselves? What have you most learned about them before before getting underway? You know, it's funny. In in this role, you have an opportunity now uh, as a head coach to really invest some time in your players. And I think those of us that do uh, reap the rewards, and those of us that don't. Well, shame on them. Here's your one opportunity to have a positive influence on your young men's lives. And you, you can take the baseball part of it away from it. We talked about the type of culture we wanted to have here at Towson, and that was we wanted to get to know our players. And that was from day one. You know, we do some things called uh, an energy audit where we, where we have identified 10 key energy sources, and we have those guys you know, basically comment to us, what are we doing well? What are we not doing well? And from a coaching staff, we've got to look at it from their perspective and, and not forget that it is truly about them. And if we can keep that at the forefront, I think we've got a chance to be successful because, you know, I tell them every day, it's not the best team that wins the College World Series. It's not the best team that wins your conference. It's the team that's playing the best. You know, so that's what we're looking for in, in our team. Can we play baseball and handle the, the small things? And if we can do that, we'll have a successful season. If we can't, we're going to be right in, you know, right in the bottom of the pack, right where we, where we are starting from right now. He is Coach Matt Tyner from Towson Baseball, and he joins us here on the bat around. Coach, um, I'm going to talk to you about a couple of these players that, that, that jump out at me, one being uh, your first starter, and, and both these guys are, are team captains, so I can tell how important they are. But let me start with Michael Adams, who, who gets the first start and who clearly has the respect of his teammates as he was named team captain. How important is Michael Adams to what you're doing this season? Huge. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are – there are a couple guys on our staff and, and certainly that play for us every day that if they go down with any type of injury or miss a start or something like that, they're going to create a serious void for us. And Michael's one of those guys. He has embraced that leadership role from day one. He totally bought into the new program and to the new coaches and, and really has reaped some rewards. Um, I've, he, he's gained some significant strength. He is, uh, you know, he just is deserving of that Friday night role. And uh, hopefully he'll go out there and, and, and throw a competitive ball game for us. And if he does, you know, it, it really does set a tone for you in college baseball if you win that first game of a three-game series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, then you, not only do you have a chance to win the series, but you can't sweep if you don't win Friday night. 
you know. So that's that's ultimately our goal. Have him go out there. In our opinion, he gives us the best chance to win a baseball game right now. So, you know, kudos to him, and we're uh, we'll be right behind him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the way. I, I get that. Uh, and then Richie Palacios is the other one that jumps out at me, who I know picked up an uh, All CAA nod preseason. That. Uh, your shortstop, it's, again, a voted a team captain. Seems like he's going to be a really important part of what you're going to try to do uh, as far as position players are concerned. You know, I've been around the game for a long, long time, obviously. I'm, this is not my first rodeo. And I have never really had an opportunity to coach a complete five-tool baseball player. And when I say five-tool, I mean somebody that runs well, above average, somebody that throws well, above average, somebody that has a glove that is above average, and somebody that hits for power and can hit for average. And that's Richie Palacio. Wow. That kid, you know, if we were talking football, we'd be saying that kid's going to play on Sunday, right? Well, that kid's going to, barring injury and any misstep, that kid will be in the big league. Wow. I mean, he's. He's got the fastest hands at the plate that I've ever seen. And, I mean, I've, I've played with some pretty good guys, uh, most notably that Ripken family. pretty good. <laughs> right. But this kid, you know, whoever drafts him this year uh, will get a, a just a great kid also. I mean, not just a good baseball player. You know, this is a solid citizen. This is somebody that – you can invest a lot of money in and know that one, it's not going to be taken for granted that he's going to put the work in. He comes from an unbelievable family and he has embraced the leadership role as well. You know, so uh, the transition is, you know, when I took the job, I had to realize that these kids didn't choose me. I chose them, you know, but he has certainly made it very easy for me to come in and for me to be me. And that's been uh, that's been a lot of fun. What a great kid to coach! And and every day I take the field, I just watch him and I go, "Whew!" Isn't, you know, Richie's in the house. You know, he's ready to go. So. That's incredible. That's incredible. Who are some of the other players, coach? That 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 you would say, "Hey, look, I think these are guys. Our season could swing based on what we get out of a couple of these guys. These guys might be capable of being big producers, and if they are." It might really be, you know, the ultimate sort of deciding factor in how things go this year. Absolutely, um, Dave Marigi and Alex Quas will round out the starting rotation for us on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. And uh, both of those guys could have big years. I mean, Quas throws in the low nineties. David's our only left-hander on our staff. Uh, we inherited that, so he has uh, he, he knows his responsibility. He's got to be that Saturday guy that gives him a different look. And, um, you know, I really hope that he can have the year that we think he's capable of having. Anytime you've got an arm like Alex on Sunday, you got a chance to win. I mean, somebody's going to come out there after you've seen a guy, you know, sliding it one way and cutting it another like Adams and then bringing this little lefty in on Saturday. And the next thing you know, you got straight heat on Sunday. You got a shot. Our, our success or failure, I think, will be based off of what we do in the middle innings, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh, if we need them. And then, of course, the closers roll. Uh, John Cranson will be a, a big part of our success uh, for that closing or inning eater. we got a couple freshmen, Josh Shiles and uh, Jake Pecalunas. 
that uh, will really be uh, play key important roles. And then you, you've got guys like Gavin Wayman and Joe uh, Ania and Alex Parker that are that are going to yeah. be important to us as well. So you know that's that's kind of the the lifeblood of any team that pitching staff. So those guys will uh, have to come in and do it. And unfortunately, we'll have to do it from the right side. You know, we're, we're just right-handed dominant. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how effective they can be. From the positional player perspective, it starts and ends with Trey Martinez behind the plate. You know, we've got a decent backup in Tristan Howerton and a couple freshmen. But if Trey's successful back there and catching the majority of our baseball games and staying injury-free, we feel pretty comfortable with him out there. At first base, we've got a, a, a nice tandem uh, between Charlie Waters and Logan Burke. And then our infield, obviously, is rounded out by uh, Richie at short, but a couple second basemen, uh, Billy Lennox, Noah Cabrera, and Dirk Masters, with Masters getting a start tonight, will be uh, important for us. And then at third base is kind of uh, an unsung hero, uh, Richard Miller, man. He has really come on strong. He'll hit in the four-hole for us this year. So some good things. And he is our uh, really our only true other left-handed uh, uh, bat. So in the outfield, center field will be roamed by Mark Grunberg. And, you know, he's a senior out there, so I'm expecting some, some great things from him. He'll switch hit and lead off for us. And then I, I've, I'm going to finish with a guy that uh, really looked at what he wanted to do for the, the you know rest of his college career. He had one extra year and, he and I sat down after uh, I took the job and talked a little bit about my hitting approach and where I saw him playing. And, you know, it was kind of man to man. And Colin Gimlet really came out of the, uh, you know, out of the, the woods and, and showed what he is capable of doing and, and really secured a spot. But he is a, uh, you know, a, an older statesman on this team. He'll hit third force this year. And our success offensively. If he can back, if he can hit behind Richie Palacios, get Richie a couple fastballs to hit for fear of having to face Colin, then, you know, we'll have a nice little one-two punch right there. In fact, we might be able to go one, two, three, four, five, six. And anytime you can roll six hitters at any opposing right. picking staff, you got a shot. No doubt about that. You got that. a shot. No doubt. Yeah. Just another minute or two here with Coach Matt Tyner getting ready for Towson baseball season. Um, Coach, first of all, I think the important question that I've dodged so far, have you instituted a mandatory mustache policy yet for the team? <laughs> well, I think they're all trying to grow it, and I'm not sure if they're doing it in honor of me or if they're trying to you know, kick me off because they can't. But I, mean, I kid them all. I said I think I came out with a mustache. I think I had it since I was 12. You know, So it's uh, – it's one of those things. The only well, year I look when you got it was my yeah yeah, yeah when, when you got one you got to roll with it. That's just the way that it goes. <laughs> I mean you got it. You can't you cannot deprive the world of that bad boy. <laughs> you know, I, I'd like to take some of the hair I've got on my face and put it up on top of my head, but <laughs> that's not going to happen for me. So I really appreciate the guys. They're, you know, they're they're. I tell you, forget what happens win, lose or draw this spring. These are a great group of guys and it's been fun coaching him to this point and as, as I told him I said you know I may be the hardest guy to work for in practice and I said but when it comes to game time it's fun time man we're going to relax we're going to enjoy ourselves and we're going to play baseball we're going to take the next three or four hours 
out of the day and make that the most fun they've ever had. You know, and that's that's kind of the way I approach a baseball game. If you're nervous, you can't play. So if everybody wants to grow a mustache, grow a mustache. You know, if you want to grow a goatee, grow a goatee. You want to grow your hair long, grow your hair long. I, you know, that's the least of my worries yeah, right now. I've yeah. got, I've got other fish to fry. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. I hear you. And then I want to I want to leave you with this. You referenced a lot of your background, being the coach at Bellarmine, of course, the, the years going back to being an assistant at Richmond, and then even your own playing career, Miami, and and being drafted and being in the Orioles organization. I know a lot was made of that uh, after you were hired last summer. What's the biggest influence do you think that that you feel when you're when you're coaching? Who do you hear when you hear yourself? Who is it that you say, ah? Oh, Man, I got that from this. I know I'm taking that from this person in particular. Who's the one? You know, I wish I could narrow it down to one, but I've been one of those guys. And, and first, let me say this. I think the way I approach it is that I'm a walk-on. You know, I've always been, I've always had that M.O. that I'm a walk-on. Uh, I mean, look at it. I'm 58 years old, and I got my first shot of the Division One hit. Now I'm 59. Gosh, forgive me, uh, but I, you know it took that long for me to get my first head coaching position at the Division One level, which is something I always wanted to do. Right? Yep. Uh, I, I walked on at the University of Miami, so you're, you're talking about playing for guys like Skip Bertman and Ron Frazier. You know, Frazier was the guy cool under pressure. You know, Bertman was the was the the tactician. You know, both of those guys. Then I go to the Orioles and I I play for guys like. John Hart. I play for guys like Mark Wiley. I play for guys like Grady Little, Lance. Uh, you know, so I mean, all these guys are, are, are just they, they bring something different to the table. And then I coach with guys like Steve Farley, who was a, a left-handed pitcher that put you know his heart and soul into the game. But but I can tell you one thing that really does echo in my in my brain, and that's something that Tracy Woodson said. And as an assistant coach, I don't know if you ever thought I was listening or not, <laughs> but I was. And you know what he said that really just you know, rang a bell with me? He said, don't overcoach. Don't overcoach. Let the game come to you. I like it. And from a, Yeah, and from a head coaching perspective, that's it. And that's what I try to tell my team. I'm not going to overcoach. We're going to do some things when it should be done, and then the rest is up to the baseball. Because the ball will find you, you know, if you're not ready. And if I'm not ready as a coach, I will make some mistakes. But you know what? That's what this game is all about. You get a chance to set back and second-guess me, and that what, that's what makes for great radio and TV shows. You know, the, the radio guys can second-guess me, but I'm going to come out, I'm going to give it my all, even if I am from the top step of the dugout, just like my players are going to come out and give it their all. Well, you've been a heck of an ambassador for Towson baseball. Is uh, is look, Coach Gottlieb, what an amazing run he had at Towson University. But in the, very quickly, you've arrived, and I think it's it's been easy to embrace you, Coach. And I, I hope that people will get out and support the Tigers. First chance to see Towson baseball at home this season will be the first weekend of March uh, when they host Albany at Sherholtz Park. By the way, have you have you had? I'm assuming you've had a conversation with uh, John Sherholtz, the Hall of Famer, right? As a matter of fact, I have, and you know, anytime you you get a chance to do that, I feel like I'm talking with royalty, right? Right, right. I mean, <laughs> there's not too many times where you pick up the phone and the guy says, "Hey, Matt, this is John," yeah. and I'm like, uh, "John who?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, 
and then he identifies himself, and I'm like, forgive me, but I didn't have you saved in my phone yeah, right. yet, so, right. you know, so uh, I should have known calling from Atlanta, right, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just phenomenal, what a great individual, and an opportunity, yep. I met him at his Hall of Fame induction for the Maryland Sports Hall of Fame, and, and that was that was great, you know, so, hey, can I put in a plug real quick? Absolutely, Coach. You mentioned Mike Gottlieb, and we are going to have an alumni weekend and really are going to kind of cater it to Coach Gottlieb, and hopefully he'll be kind enough to come back out and, and uh, see some of his guys that I got a chance to meet a couple weeks ago, and I'm sure Dan Crowley will be in touch with him. But uh, really look forward to keeping him involved with the program. That's number one. Number two, yes, in the month of – our schedule's kind of crazy this year. We're at home the month of March. We're away every weekend in April. So any little league team that wants to come out and take the field for with us for the national anthem, I'm inviting them. Tell them to call me. Let's get as many people as we can involved in the Towson Tigers awesome. baseball season this year. And uh, I can't thank you enough for having me on. Hey, Coach, we're uh, rooting for you and wishing you nothing but the best, and we'd love to do this again down the road, all right? Anytime, anytime. Very good. Appreciate Coach Matt Tyner joining us this morning. Really looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do with Towson baseball. He's really exciting. He's a, obviously a great interview. I had heard him on before with uh, Stan and Craig and saw him on Inside Press Box, so I knew I'd enjoy that conversation, but enjoyed it even more than I uh, realized that I would. So appreciate Coach Tyner taking the time for us this morning. We had hoped to also get uh, Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn on this morning. Unfortunately, with his schedule, was not able to make it work as they are in uh, Tennessee this weekend opening up the season against the Volunteers. Hope that you will get out and support uh, college baseball in our region. I know it's sort of a, a depressing uh, stretch right now with uh, the Ravens having been depressing this season and the Orioles still, even with Andrew Kashner, not seeming all that exciting. Maryland basketball hasn't been very good. There's a lot of great local sports that you can support. And uh, for certainly a, a Towson alum, an opportunity to embrace someone in Matt Tyner. And the story is really cool, too, as we were alluding to. We're talking about somebody that was drafted by the Orioles that never quite made it to the major league level. And here all these years later, he feels like he is getting to Baltimore at the end of it as um, you know he's now coming to, to be the head coach at Towson, which is uh, really, really cool. All right. Uh, so, yes, we got to wind down for this edition of the Bat Around. Today's show has been brought to you by Superior Tours. I've been telling you about Superior Tours on Glenn Clark Radio all throughout the week. This is amazing. So I know that this is a baseball show, but I'm sure there are plenty of you that are also football fans and you're excited about Ray Lewis going into the Hall of Fame and the Ravens being in the Hall of Fame game this year. And so you've been thinking about how it is that you can get to Canton yourself to be a part of what will be a historic weekend. Well, the good news is that Mark Comins and his crew at Superior Tours can take care of it for you. They are great at everything they do. This trip includes round-trip transportation via Superior Tours Luxury Motor Coach, plus three nights lodging just a few miles away from Canton, tickets and the tailgate of the Hall of Fame game, access to the Friday gold jacket viewing event, um, plus for Saturday, both the enshrinement ceremony with the speeches, you get the lower-level seats for that, and 
access the enshrinement fan party, which is really cool, plus three days of Hall of Fame admission, a Hall of Fame yearbook, all included in this package. Call Mark Komen, Superior Tours, 410-365-1375. That's 410-365-1375, and that's direct. That's Mark's cell phone number. He's going to get you squared away for this amazing trip to Canton to see Ray Lewis go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I cannot stress enough, if you're trying to do this trip on your own, it ain't going to go well for you. It not not going to be great. Not going to be something that you're going to be thrilled about as you're trying to piece together all of the costs, all of the various events that you want to be there for, for the game, the Ravens taking on the Bears, plus you need to get parking, plus you need to figure out where it is that you're going to stay. I assure you that any hotel anywhere in the region is going to be a disaster. You're going to have to stay at least in Cleveland, if not further than that. Just don't, 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 don't bother with all that. Let Mark and Superior Tours take care of that for you instead. Just real quick, um, I mentioned that Towson will be home uh, the first weekend of March. Your first chance to check out Maryland will be next weekend when they host Army. And uh, Towson and Maryland actually play each other this season. Towson plays UMBC. We had Bob Mama on earlier. Towson and Maryland play in College Park on Wednesday, May 9th. So uh, some opportunities to check out college baseball this season in the region. I hope that you will choose to do that. I, of course, had to duck out. Uh, we had to move out of the lacrosse game up today at uh, Stevenson to beat the snow. So when we come back in, going to wrap things up for us and uh, send us home for the week. This is the Bat Around. Glenn Clark in for Stan and Craig today as part in partnership with PressBox and Monumental Sports. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with a 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious B-dubs before you got to get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster Wings Beer Sports available for dine-in orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. For the first time ever, it's our Best of Baltimore Sports double issue as we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the last 12 months, including the announcement of our first ever Local Sports Person of the Year. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. They say you're only as strong as the company you keep. The U.S. Army keeps you in strong company. If you want to stand out, the Army can give you the training you need. To take advantage of the strong options waiting for you, visit GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.GoArmy.com impact. They're strong, then there's Army Strong, paid for by the United States Army. The Parkcell Early Phase Unit at Harbor Hospital is looking for healthy males and females ages 18 to 85 to volunteer for a clinical research study. Length of participation and number of visits vary by study. If you qualify, you may receive compensation ranging from $1,200 to $8,500 upon completion. For more information, please visit our website or call one 617 817 Call now. 
Trying to feed a crowd? Order Chick-fil-A catering online from our friend Steve at the Nottingham Square Chick-fil-A. Hot or cold, the scrumptious platters from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square make throwing your party easy and affordable. Hot Chick-fil-A nuggets, grilled chicken, cool wraps, salad trays, and the chocolate chunk cookie tray. And Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square will deliver. Place your order now. Go to Chick-fil-A.com, choose the Nottingham Square store, and get your party started. It's delicious, and your house will smell out of this world. Don't forget the Chick-fil-A surprise play of the game. Reheatable, bite-sized nuggets are sure to draw a crowd. And it's still cold outside. Slurp up the sizzling chicken tortilla soup or the soul-cheering chicken noodle soup at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Hear the latest in high school sports news with High School Sports Line, powered by County Sports Zone. Each week, Glenn Clark and Wick Eisenberg will bring you the scores from around Maryland, games to watch, and discuss the latest high school sports news on High School Sports Line. What an amazing season for Coach Tim Palmer, who joins us now here on High School Sports Line. My motivation is to build character and build quality young men who want to play this game properly. Listen anytime at mdnewsnetwork.net. Kyle, here's the thing. Since we're streaming live now every day at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, video-wise, I'm going to need you to step your game up when it comes to what you wear to work every day from 10 to noon. Uh, I hear you. I mean, I, I'm, they can't see my legs. I can still wear the chaps. Okay, that's fine. I just don't understand for me why they have to be assless chaps. I have the chaps that I have. Well, okay. And I have the toes that I have. This is what we do every day from 10 to noon. Glenn Clark, Kyle Ottenheimer for Glenn Clark Radio. I'm not sure that you'll learn anything. I'm not sure that you'll ever really be entertained. But afterwards, it's going to be a pleasant experience for all involved. How does that work? Yeah, don't worry about it. Glenn Clark Radio and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Love to let the whole thing play out, man. This is, uh, of course, from uh, my favorite baseball movie of all time, The Sandlot, the uh, immaculate scene, just the absolute quintessential Americana scene of uh, them playing baseball uh, beneath the fireworks on the 4th of July. Uh, I think it's one of the great scenes in uh, all of cinema, but certainly... Uh, in, for my 
for my money, the best scene in uh, any baseball movie ever. And um, it was also how Bob Haney always opened his show every day uh, back on uh, my former radio station. And I, uh, I always think about it when I think about baseball. So doing uh, the bat around this week, I wanted to, uh, to come back from one break today with uh, Ray Charles's version of America the Beautiful. All right, Glenn Clark, bring it at home on the, uh, the bat around. If you're with us on Facebook Live, you're saying, hmm, that's weird, Glenn. You're not there. No, I had to duck out because I've got uh, lacrosse duties today, uh, broadcast responsibilities. But appreciate you being a part of the show. And really, we're just winding down at this point and taking everything home. Hey, don't forget, uh, Pressbox's own Rich Dubroff is in Sarasota. He is on top of everything when it comes to Orioles spring training. Obviously, we're still a ways away from any actual games, but uh, we had some news this week. Who knows? There could be more news uh, coming in the coming days. And if you want to be on top of it, you need to be following him at Rich Dubroff MLB, at Rich Dubroff MLB. And, of course, check out PressBoxOnline.com for everything that he has content-wise coming out of spring training where he is covering the Orioles for us uh, expertly, as Rich is wont to do. Additionally, tomorrow morning, the Fantasy and Rally Football Show, KZ, Rita, Kyle Ottenheimer, 10 to noon. Again, same locations, pressboxonline.com slash radio, facebook.com slash pressboxsports as they uh, dive into the teeth of uh, football's offseason, which I actually think started before baseball's offseason did. Um, just what it is. By the way, I, the Orioles obviously not the only team to make an acquisition this week. The Mets got Jason Vargas, who the Orioles looked at. But uh, it seems as though we will finally start seeing everything fall in place. The dominoes uh, kind of come together over the course of the next couple of weeks. But football's offseason right behind it. And uh, KZ, Rita, and Kyle, they've got that covered tomorrow morning on the Fantasy Rally Football Show. Then I'm back with you for Glenn Clark Radio on Monday morning. 10 a.m. to noon. Stan's got Inside Press Box tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. on ABC2. So there could not be more going on. Uh, not, uh, not any shortage of ways to follow us. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, Stan at Stan the Fan. Just uh, everything going on, PressBoxOnline.com. And, of course, the print edition. All right, I want to thank all of our great guests on uh, this week's edition of the Bat Around. Uh, my buddy Barstool RDT, Eric Arditi from BarstoolSports.com, checked in uh, a little bit earlier on in the show. Also, thanks today to Brad Lidge, former Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies closer, now a host on MLB Network Radio. Uh, gave us his thoughts on Andrew Kashner and the Orioles and, and what they could do from here. Enjoyed that conversation a great deal. He's great on MLB Network Radio as well. Make sure you check him out there. Uh, also, thanks today to Bob Mama, as we mentioned from UMBC, their baseball coach, and Towson baseball coach Matt Tyner, all joining us on the program this week to uh, preview college baseball season in the area. Support local college baseball for sure. Thanks so much to Brittany for all of her hard work today. She's actually still there. She's probably looking at you on the camera right now. They'd be smiling, waving. Uh, she did a great job in uh, producing this week's show. Really appreciate all of her efforts. So, uh, Stan and Craig are back with you next week for the bat around. I don't really have, I don't know how Stan, Stan usually signs off this show, but uh, I'm Glenn Clark at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, talk to you on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. Appreciate you joining us for this week's edition of the bat around. <laughs>